Jedi survivors and welcome to Tusty, a Mortal Kombat podcast by Resident Evil fans for Resident Evil fans. This is First Aid Spray, bonus episode 12, and we're serving up two back-to-back rounds of brutality as we look at the 1990s and 2020s films, both titled Mortal Kombat. I'm your host, Cyrax, see what I did there, and joining me on the character selection screen this week... Despite Charisma Saving Show and regular Dark Souls streams, I'm happy to report that I didn't even have to use an authoritative GET OVER HERE to make sure he made it on time. It's Moist Owlet, aka James. Uh, let's dance. <laughs> Sub-Zero's powers have no effect on the man who lives in minus 20 Celsius weather. It's Boy Wonder Adam. He's just a normal citizen over here. <laughs> <laughs> He's riding high on cheap energy drinks. It's fire button Steve Valance. Right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and our special guest returning to the show for this episode, he's killing dudes with button inputs. It's Mr. KDB, a.k.a. Kelsey. KDB wins. <laughs> the subject of this bonus episode, unlike all others, was not voted on by our Patreon backers, but that is usually the way things go. Support the show now to not only help keep us afloat, but also to create new content. Select what that content is and hear it a month before everyone else. Tears begin at just $1 a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash Pod for the full breakdown. So, yeah, this is a bit of a surprise uh, episode. This one wasn't on a, a, a bonus poll. It literally comes down to, I saw the trailer for the new Mortal Kombat film and was like, yo, this is sick. We need to cover it. <laughs> uh, and since film club episodes tend to be two movies, Adam suggested we look at the 1995 original as well, uh, which happily gives us full rights to completely blaze past Annihilation and never discuss it again, which is probably what it deserves by the sounds of it. So, yes, we'll be talking about the 1995 Mortal Kombat film first, then the 2021 uh, version, which has just released as of the time of recording yesterday in certain places of the world. Um, and that will be broken up by a musical performance, of course, the classic Mortal Kombat theme covered by Blackwater Studios. Uh, it's very it's very good. It's very high energy. If this doesn't want to make, make doesn't make you want to move, then I don't know what's wrong with you. But check out their channel. There's loads of cool video game covers and just general metal covers and stuff on there. You're probably going to find something you like. So link is in the description for Blackwater Studios. Thank you to them. All right, so let's start with the 90s Mortal Kombat film, which was produced immediately after the second Mortal Kombat game and released in the same year as Mortal Kombat 3 due to the series' massive and quite instant popularity. The budget for the film was $18 million and it was released in August of 95 after being pushed back from May since studios thought that it would be a summer success and they were correct as it spent several weeks at number one and at the time was the second biggest August movie release ever after 1993's The Fugitive. It was also the most successful video game adaption, monetarily speaking, for a long time up until recent films like uh, Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it returned $73 million in its first three weeks and ended with a box office of $124 million, which, adjusted for inflation, is about $176 million. It currently has a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes and an aggregate score of 56 out of 100 on Metacritic. So... First thing, first question is always, what was your first experience with, let's kind of focus on the film, but I guess in terms of just general Mortal Kombat, you know, how were you introduced to the series? Uh, Kelsey, since you're the guest, what was your introduction to Mortal Kombat in general and the film? Uh, so 
the franchise itself would have been on the Mega Drive um, back when I was a wee one. Uh, so that was, I guess that was the first game. I think I must have been about eight, eight or nine years old or something like that. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Mortal Kombat. And I'm pretty sure it would have been like a friend of mine just bringing the game around to play on the Mega Drive. And um, yeah, that's how I was kind of first exposed to it. And I always preferred it to other, to like Street Fighter. I think when I was a kid, I was really into horror and things mm. like that. And it had that that sort of thing about it that edginess and yeah so it was always my preferred game it was probably the first fighting game i played like at length you know where you kind of go to the point of learning all the combos and nice. the fatalities and things like that um so certainly that was where i became aware of the franchise and then the film i can remember was kind of very similar to lots of films at that time and it was just uh, going to a video rental shop and seeing it there and renting it and taking it home and watching it. And again, so that would have been probably the year it came out, I suppose. Um, and nice. it's weird because I, I, I saw it then and I, I think I saw it again probably in maybe my mid-20s or something like that. But even up until this week, I watched it because I watched the 95 version again this week. And... In my mind, I've always had it kind of crossover with the Street Fighter movie, and I, <laughs> I could have actually bet my life that Kylie Minogue was in Mortal Kombat, the film, <laughs> snapping the dude's neck. That, that was like, or, or that that was in Street Fighter. I just had these moments crossing over. Yeah. Um, and then I was watching it this week, like, oh no, I guess that wasn't Street Fighter. But um, yeah, so both the franchise itself and mm. the movie, sort of way back when in the nineties. Was yeah, that's how I kind of discovered it. Cool, uh, James. What was your first interactions with the Mortal Kombat series? Um, so my my very no, sorry, no. My second console ever was a was a Mega Drive. Uh, my first one was a SNES, I think, and then I got a Mega Drive, and <laughs> I got this game gifted to me. That it was sent to me. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have my Mega Drive for very long, so I didn't get to play the game very much, but. Like that was pretty much my first experience of the game. In terms of the movie, um, uh, I didn't get to watch this movie till late '90s, early '90s. I feel like because mm. even though my mother and my well, my parents, they you know were very yeah, you can watch Alien and Aliens, that's cool, but uh, huh, this Mortal Kombat seems a bit too violent, you know, um, which is so strange. Um, so. Like I couldn't, I didn't actually get to play it until later on, and you know I didn't get to even watch the movie properly uh, until later on either. Um, but I, I really, I really liked the movie <laughs> back then. I remember really enjoying it. Um, going back on it as an older person is uh, <laughs> it's interesting. The lines mm -hmm. in it and stuff, but uh, I, I think it was just like kiddish wonder because that's who they were pretty much like demog that's the demographic they were going for, I feel like. Yeah, kind of, right? yeah. And, you know, especially with all the court cases that were flying around about Mortal Kombat at the time as well, um, you know, they were like, oh, this game turns our kids into, you know, violent people. You know, it's like, it didn't do that at all. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I, I liked it. I, I wish I could have experienced it when it first came out. In fact, the last time I played the game, uh, Steve was with Jay at megabytes and i was playing liu kang and he was uh, this was mortal kombat one and he was teaching me 
uh, Liu, because he's uh, Mega Drive champion, right, Steve? Yeah, Jay is, yeah. Yeah, and he was teaching me how to play Liu Kang. I actually beat him in one round, and I was like, ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, more, the Mortal Kombat movie, I, I love back then, but going back on it now, uh, I can mm. see why it's got like a 50-50 <laughs> on, on the yeah. critic critic sites and stuff. All right, cool. Uh, Steve, speaking of which, what was your first interactions with Mortal Kombat? Tell me if you've heard this one before. I go around to my elder brother's house, and he's just got a new console, and he has a new shiny game with it. And in this particular case, it was Mortal Kombat. That was my first introduction with it. Was uh, I guess must have been around its launch because I oh, God knows how old I would have been then, like ninety two, ninety three. Um, the, the, the reason this sticks out in my mind is he had that game a day, and then my niece must have snuck out. We had to go find her. I know this is terrible parenting, but you know that's my brother, not me. Went out and find it. We come back, the house has been broken into, and the game's been stolen. And the console. So it was oh fantastic. That, that memory, Mortal Kombat and theft. Um, it all sounds terribly northern. <laughs> <laughs> but, do we just, but, do, we, is that, do we add that addendum to everything? <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, okay, it was good enough that um, it left an impression on us, and we're all gutted, like, oh, really enjoying that. Mm. The kid, as a person, my older brother was losing his mind, having just had a console and a TV and all the rest of it stolen. Um, yeah. As for the movie, that was a, uh, I want to say a video thing, because I was too young to go see it at the cinema at the time, I'm pretty sure, in 95. Yeah. I would have been like a wee, a wee babby at nine. So I want to say it was direct to video. Um, but again, it's, it's hazy, you know. Right, sure. I, I, I've, I've slept since then. I just, I just, <laughs> I just simply don't remember seeing it in the cinema. Let's put it that way. We're old. <laughs> uh, Adam, what was your first experiences with Mortal Kombat? Definitely playground talk, I think. Um, yeah, I bet. for the game, and then like leaning into it. I I have a very distinct memory of being at my uncle's house and uh, with my cousins and and having it on the Mega Drive and like finding the the code. Um, I think. Uh, I think still on Mega Drive it had a code, right? It was to turn on all the the blood and such, yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. it wasn't naturally unlocked back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember getting that code and us being like, "Whoa!" Like going crazy over it because it turned turned it into a pretty average from an average fighter to like a pretty like iconic thing. Um, mm. Then the movie, I would have been thirteen when that came out, uh, and. I don't really remember being hyped about it too much. Um, I always enjoyed Mortal Kombat, I, but I was never like super into it. I was a Street Fighter kid for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, so I, was, I wasn't like super into it, but I remember when I did watch it, it would have been on, you know, video, videotape, VHS. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember it being like excellent. Um, because it was pretty bad. <laughs> it's one of those movies that's just like it's just bad enough to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you didn't get it on Laserdisc, Adam. No, not Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think stuff like Playground Talk is definitely because it's like they went from making a couple games to boom, they're making a movie out of it, which just didn't happen. Yeah. This was quite early times for video games being adapted 
as mo like major motion pictures. So it you know it speaks volumes about what you've all said about sort of its importance. And James, what you're saying about it, maybe your parents being like, you can't play this because everyone's talking about how violent it is and stuff yeah. like that. I so I'm, violent. <laughs> I'm a little bit younger than most of you guys, so I didn't grow up with it. All right, like all that, right. But yeah, I'm just slide <laughs> that in there. Counting my wrinkles. Um, so I, what I remember um, is it just sort of being part of the gaming landscape very early on. Sort of already by the mid to late nineties when I was getting like fully interested in video games and would buy magazines and stuff. And this isn't just this isn't me being sort of nostalgia-baity sort of back in my day, but it goes to show the importance of video game magazines at the time. And how good they were at telling you what's going on and what is already a bona fide classic. So I knew about Mortal Kombat years and years before I touched any of the games. You know, I could recognize a Mortal Kombat character, even if I didn't know it's their names. I was like, oh, I, that that's one of the Mortal Kombat characters. I know that. Um, I definitely would have dipped in a little bit with like friends copies and stuff, visiting their houses over the time. But sort of... I am not a fighting game person in general. Most people know that about me. It's, it's not a genre that I've ever totally fallen into. But Mortal Kombat, along with Street Fighter, coincidentally, those are the two franchises that always stuck out the most to me. Uh, just because I love the character designs and stuff. And Mortal Kombat obviously has that in spades. I think that is a, a huge part of it. It's these iconic characters, this uh, very unique tone and stuff like that. So it always stood out to me as one of the most interesting. And I've... I've sort of dipped in a little bit with the series, but I've never, besides Deadly Alliance, which I picked up really cheap, which I don't think is everyone's favourite game in the series from what I understand. Uh, I haven't really played a ton of them, but it's always been a series that I've sort of respected and been interested in just because I just love the style of it. It's just so cool. In terms of the movie, yeah, it would have been a VHS thing as well. Again, around a friend's house or something. Um, and yeah, having not played the game, so I probably still enjoyed it because, hey, look at these cool, crazy characters doing cool, crazy fight scenes. Um, and I, for a long time, sort of lauded it, even as, you know, even if it's just an okay film, it's still one of the better video game movies. I guess we'll get to the wrap-up on whether or not that is true. Um, but it's been interesting watching it again all these years later. So, I guess the first place to start is the story for Mortal Kombat 95, which is... It's fairly accurate to the games, I suppose. There is a tournament held uh, all throughout various parallel worlds every so often um, where champions from each realm are brought into the tournament and fight to basically defend their universe. Um, and nine tournaments have been won by the Outworld, one more, and Earthrealm has to surrender its defences. And you've got characters from the video games like... Uh, Johnny Cage going there to sort of show that he's not a phony movie actor. Sonya Blade goes in there chasing after Kano, a criminal that she's after, uh, and Liu Kang, sort of being the main protagonist for the film, uh, goes in to avenge the death of his younger brother. So that's pretty much the setup. Uh, and then from there, I guess the plot is just, hey, look at these fight scenes until the end. That's pretty much what, <laughs> pretty much what it feels like. Um, I thought the setup for the film was quite nice. Um, it's out of the way quite quickly. It doesn't really, there isn't any unnecessary scenes in ter terms of the early part of the film or anything like that. Or in general, really, I would say there isn't anything that needs to be overly cut. Um, it's frenetic. 
Steve, what do you think of the, the story of Mortal Kombat? Possible. Uh, every character that's significant has an arc. Hmm. Uh, you know, there, there are some that appear to basically go, I'm going to be a fight, and, and that's <laughs> it. But, you know, on, this, on the whole, it's okay. You know, it's not going to win any friggin' like, awards or anything, but, you know, I, I generally like the characters, you know. Uh, Sonya's great. Johnny's, you know, I, I can't, I can't not like see Lyndon Ashby being Johnny Cage, and and just you know that is my mental image of how Johnny Cage should always be. Yeah, that's fair. Lou's uh, Robin show as um, Lou is honestly again, you know, I can't unsee that version of Lou Kang anymore. Anywhere, I so, love his uh, hair so much. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, I love his hair. That, that, that's a complete aside. It's, it's the same with Shang Tsung. Um, yeah, generally, I think the casting for these and 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 stuff is is fantastic. Is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, it, it's okay. That there's like the one bit part character who gets like two scenes, and apparently an emotional bond has been built. That's a bit. Eh. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 Kano is just kind of there to be all like, look, I'm creepy, and 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 uh, I'm a bit of a dunce. Apparently, mm. yeah. Don't clip I- that podcast, listeners. Um. <laughs> I think it's funny that um, I was going to kind of go let's talk about story and then talk about characters but you like dove right into characters but I think that is actually incredibly apt because that is the driving part of the film yeah. is the importance of the characters and yeah as you say they do they do kind of have arcs they all have a reason to be there um, Kelsey what do you think of the story of the original Mortal Kombat film yeah I, you kind of hit the nail on the head like all the plot is out of the way in the first, like, not even 20 minutes. I think mm. by the time they get to the island, <clears throat> they get to the island, like, the plot is done, and then it pretty much, like, even the dialogue, there's not a lot of dialogue after right. that point. Yeah. It just yeah. moves from fight scene to fight scene. Um, so the plot is, there's, there is, there is a plot. It's very simple. Uh, it's very straightforward. Um, they talk about the tournament. Uh, it's, I think it's never fully clear kind of what's involved with all that. And from what I understand, uh, Mortal Kombat, the the sort of deep lore, if you look, like, I'm not a Mortal Kombat lore junkie, but I know that these days there is a lot of story there. But oh, yeah. I actually don't think it came into place until like a couple of, like maybe even after this film was, was released is mm. when it really started to develop. So the film doesn't have too much to work with, but uh, as you said, it's fully driven by the characters. And surprisingly, despite some like horrific dialogue and things like that, they do all have a reason to kind of be there and do what, you know, it's very clear, like Sonya's trying to take down Kano. Johnny wants to prove that he's, um, he is a real fighter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, so it's fine. It's very simple. Um, and you could do a lot more with the law, but like I said, I don't think it came along till later. Um, I mean, once you've got all that, you just, could do things like flashbacks and prequels and stories mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's it's very. I don't want to say dumbed down, but it is. The plot is very thin um, for this film. It's fine. I'm going to say at the time of this film's development, they literally had the flavor text in the manual and the little intro screens and the outro screens. That was not a lot to work with. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually weird. Sorry, I was just going to say it's it's weird to think that they did make the film like because like you said the game came out and the film was out like two years later maybe two and a half years later it was pretty quick yeah 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 it's it's odd and what you're saying about dialogue as well there is there is very there's not a whole lot of it 
and it doesn't really amount to much consequence anyway. <laughs> it is literally just taking that bare bones and going, okay, well, cool. What do people like about Mortal Kombat? Characters and fights. So it's yeah. it doesn't unnecessarily overcomplicate things, I guess is where I'm going with that. James, what do you think of the story setup, if, if there even is one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... There isn't really one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just a very cookie cut. What I would call a cookie cutter story of save the world. Don't mm. let the outside world invade, you know. And then, yeah, it's very easy. As you guys have said, very easy to get into it. You dive in. Uh, the dialogue isn't the strong point. The story isn't really a strong point. But really, we play Mortal Kombat for the fighting and the fatalities, right? And yeah, the 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 movie gives that. Like I just like just to give you an idea, if, if there's any people, I don't know why you haven't watched this movie yet. Go watch it and go watch it with friends because I think it would be more entertaining that way. Yeah, probably but true. I have some examples here of stuff that just made me laugh so loud um, in terms of dialogue. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot about this film, but there's a bit where they're going. It's near the beginning uh, where they just get to the Outworld tournament. Uh, sorry, it's not the outworld, is it? It's uh, it's on the Earth realm, but yeah, the uh, the place in the in the clouds. And mm. um, <laughs> Johnny Cage says, "Katana went this way, right?" And there's undisturbed webs in this tunnel, yeah. and they're <laughs> I could, it's like they're just and the the two like Liu Kang are just and and Sonya just looking at him like, "Are you sure?" And he's, yeah, and he just goes through these webs like. If Katana went this way, buddy, these webs would be here, wouldn't they? I could smell that perfume. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the other, like the, the other one, there's a lot of things that made me giggle. Um, and don't get me wrong, I did have fun watching this film. But the other one was when um, Liu Kang kind of brings back um, the uh, <laughs> Katana saying, "Use the element that brings life," and then he just throws a bucket. <laughs> yeah, bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and for some reason, it had a little bit of water in it, even though. But yeah, oh man, I, it's 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 a fun film, and mm. like in terms of characters, like I want to talk quickly um, about. The, yeah, Steve's right. Like all the casting in this show was great, other than a couple. Like Christopher Lambert is Raiden. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah. incredible. Wait, have you guys watched Annihilation? No, I've never no. seen it. Okay, oh, well, wow. don't you? Don't you dare mock Christopher Lambert because you no. you are, do not know what you're in for. Okay, as a controversial take from James, I've got to just turn around and say, of the two Ryans on display today, you're bad mouthing the one that I like. I agree. <laughs> I agree. What? He's literally just Mortal Kombat Gandalf. He does shit in this film. Yeah, he's got the character. He does in this film. Call in the new one. Mortal, <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat Gandalf. That's what he is. He's like, you know, and all the, all the Earth Realm fighters are the hobbits, you know? Like, you know the <laughs> amount of charisma you can get from Christopher Lambert just punching some random guy and going, sorry. Like, you know, I'm sorry. The, the, I love, it, I love it that a, bit. It can't... It, like it was constant. It was the constant random giggling from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, why, why are you laughing, Raiden? Like... I, I, don't I wish we could just pause it right now and watch Annihilation, <laughs> just so you could have a better. I will. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will watch Annihilation uh, in the next couple of days. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, but the the other, the, I th I feel like unsung heroes because they're so popular within the series. Um, but at the same time, I realized they're trying to get down to a, a, a like a like a time frame with the movie. Mm. But it was the absolute 
like like you know wiping the floor with sub-zero scorpion and reptile like these well not oh so much reptile God. but sub-zero and scorpion got yeah. absolutely wrecked mm-hmm. right yeah. and they're like you know when you think of mortal kombat you think of sub-zero and scorpion you know and they <laughs> they got ruined um yeah and yeah and i I'm think not, i think I'm they not... just got caught up in the fact that they're basically palette swap enemies so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and i'm not gonna be too harsh on the you know when i looked at it i thought wow this was a long time ago when i seen the cgi of reptile oh my god we'll get to that yeah yeah we'll definitely talk about that um i mean we'll go more in later but also what my i think my favorite character in this entire movie was prince goro that's all i want to say (laughs) okay interesting uh, Adam, what do you think of the the plot and the characters? I guess we'll move on to that now. I mean, we can't talk about this movie without. I mean, it opens with the biggest banger of all time. Yeah, it's it's just like has any movie hyped you up more from like the opening logo with that theme tune? It was mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we get into it, and it's I mean, it's it's pretty generic. It's a very generic action film. Um, they were obviously aiming at not really like it's funny because Mortal Kombat is infamous for being a do you remember this term Steve video nasty oh yeah yeah oh yeah it's, the game is infamous for being a, a video nasty as they used to call it if it was a video game or a movie that was like t- like child's play remember all the four mm-hmm. around child's play um it was reviled by like a, a certain portion of of the uh, adult kind of population of of the uk at least and i'm assuming america as well Mm -hmm. and you know oh it was the end classic like if your kids play this game they're gonna kill someone or whatever and then you know it's so funny that the movie comes out and it's so timid like you can tell it kind of wants to go there i don't think there's a drop of blood but it never does if yeah, there is, there, it's uh, just like Scorpion has skin. weird lava oh, blood, and that's pretty right. much it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's not even really blood. So. No. I mean, yeah, the most it's... violent death is what the Indiana Jones style moment with Sub Zero and some random dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um. Yeah, Goro kills something. It's like finish him, and then Goro just punches him in like oh, not even the God. head. <laughs> he like punches he him barely. on the shoulder blade. Yeah, he barely punches. <laughs> and him. then he's dead. Yeah. Which is which is kind of interesting because it might be a nod to like I, I don't want to give Paul W S Anderson too much credit, but mm-hmm. in the game the only model that didn't like in the original game the only guy that didn't have a fatality was Goro, uh-huh. because he wasn't playable. He would yeah, just walk up sure, and like punch you. That is funny, yeah. How weird. Um, yeah, but it would have been nice to see like. For some reason, I had it in my head that he was going to do the the Jack's like arm pull on that guy. Like, I don't know mm. if I had remembered it incorrectly, but or I was just like, oh, that that's a thing that can happen. Mm. The characters are fun. Though. I mean, this is a, this. I don't have much to say about the plot. I mean, it it has is this is one of the very first <clears throat> video game adaptations, I believe, and. Yeah, I don't one of the blame them because ones. if you play, I mean, even up to Mortal Kombat 3, there wasn't much of a plot. Mm. There's kind of like an opening to get into it and then you just fight a bunch of dudes and that's kind of what the movie does. So can't mm. complain there. I think they give them, everyone has a character arc. Um, all the enemies 
they they would they did a a faithful kind of for the most part to the the costuming of the game. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice to see because a lot of movies even later than that shy away like if we look at like say the x-men movie mm. where they're all just in like black leather suits or whatever and in street fighter where no one is ever, like there's cameos of their costumes but generally they're just like people mm. it was nice to have a movie where they're all just like this is who it is and they punch people yeah, that's fair. I would agree with that. I have to completely reinforce like so much of what James said. Um, the big, like we've all, I think we all agree, like those main protagonists, those arcs are really good and s- sort of the most clear sort of uh, uh, sort of logical thing about the film. Mm. But the way Sub-Zero and Scorpion are both just kind of completely demoted to these like henchmen slave types is really bad looking back because when you think of Mortal Kombat now they're potentially the first people first characters oh, you most absolutely. people think of and in this film they are just yeah they're just completely swept aside I think um, that their legend has built like the legend of those characters has mm. built up more in in prior uh, games though like mm. they de- right, they definitely yeah. were definitely a very distinct focal part of mm. the game scorpion was like super cool and sub-zero is literally cool and um <laughs> but but <laughs> you know but by, by mortal kombat 2 and 3 you know they weren't mm-hmm. the the That's relevant right yeah exactly they, yeah. they were you still they were still 3. very well known characters but mm. you know even mid was it it was midway, midway yeah. right yeah they yeah. weren't they didn't even really push them that much you know yeah. they were trying to push Liu kang definitely yeah. he was like one of the main characters he was like the good guy so i can see why you know they were kind mm. of relegated to their yeah that makes spots. sense yeah makes they, sense. Um, they 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 <laughs> the only story we got about those two characters was when they were first introduced and they were about to kick some earth fighter butt and then uh shang says they're deathly enemies. That's all we know. Like that was all we. Yeah. That's all we got to know. And I was like, okay, they're bad guys. You can tell because like, they got I'm... no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was... When you... And then when Sub Zero steps up and does that, he, he freezes that guy, and his head comes off. It's like, wow, how is anybody going to be able to beat this guy? And then, like <laughs> you said, Liu Kang kind of beats him in not even two minutes with like the simplest sort of fight ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it it was sort of sad to see them both sideline, but that actually what Adam said makes perfect sense as to why that probably happened. Um, uh, and then yeah, just quickly, Goro is of is really really good in this film. The, his fight is really bad, but his scene <laughs> that he has with Kano, like the intro, is so good. The way they sort of just they're kind of trying to one up each other on mm. you know who's the biggest badass and. And I, as kind of silly as some of it does look, I will always think that that uh, physical, uh, sorry, the the practical Goro effect just looks better. Mm-hmm. I just prefer it, uh, you know, sort of to, to CG. I um, mean, comparing it to the CG in this movie, yeah, yes, <laughs> we'll, I'm sure we'll get we'll get to yeah. that. Um, and then, but Christopher Lambert, like James, sort of, you know, you're kind of laughing at him, but yeah, and I think it comes off way more in. Uh, I really, really like him as Raiden in this film. And first, you're just, there's like two specific moments that I just have to mention. 
is there's one where he just closes the stone door and just stares at Luke, <laughs> uh, Luke Kang and Johnny Cage, and he just holds it for like an ex- longer than anyone is supposed to hold a stare, and the door closes past him, which made me burst out laughing. I did the same and I thing. Think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there's like a bit towards the end where he's like celebrating, and he sort of claps and slaps the guy in front of him, and just goes, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, so weird. But I, I, I had a look online, and so apparently the script, like. I don't know if you could tell, but they shot a lot of this film without a finished script. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they just said to Christopher Lambert, just, you know, kind of do what you want uh, and improvise. <laughs> and all that stuff is completely him. And and he is like, he wasn't kind of trying to take the piss. He apparently is a really big fan of Mortal Kombat. And mm-hmm. he he like flew out to, uh, he, he went to, shoots that he didn't need to be at so he could be off camera and people could respond to him and things like that and he did that unpaid and he also paid for like rap parties and things like that and (laughs) that just makes me love him even more so yeah I just wanted to get that in about the characters because those main ones are fine but then I just had those sort of strong thoughts about Sub-Zero Scorpion and Goro and uh, Raiden (laughs) Oh go ahead Steve I was going to just say that you know I, I, it's weird to think that the the elder god who's basically on uh, you know team good guy who can't actually fight is also the comic relief character. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, 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 there's something about that that's just so endearing to me. Um, I just want to touch on you know with um, with Scorpion and Sub Zero now being obviously front of marketing for most things Mortal Kombat. Right. It's um, this was just around the release of Mortal Kombat three. This was coming out, and Scorpion mm-hmm. had actually been axed from that roster to the point where there was a controversy. And he had to be added back in for the, like, quote-unquote, ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 and then MK Trilogy. So there was a point when they actually thought, we don't need, you know, yellow hook, get over here guy. Which is surprising, considering they are, like, if not... if Like I said, if it's not Sub-Zero, it's Scorpion, it's supposed to be, right? Um, I do want to touch on the fact that no one seems to have acknowledged that Reptile isn't even a ninja for most of this film. Yeah, are they even a character really, or just a statue abomination? So it's funny. So on the on the point about Scorpion, I actually sort of look back through the Mortal Kombat games, and he is on the front cover for pretty much all of them after a certain point. So he be- obviously, as you say, he became the poster character. But yeah, around this point, as you so clearly pointed out there. Definitely not the case. I imagine these characters didn't have a whole lot of backstory, as we were saying. There wasn't a lot of lore. Whereas over time, they have definitely been, uh, yeah, made the most important characters, the most recognisable characters, and the characters with the most amount of attention given to them, perhaps. In terms of Reptile, um, Mm -hmm. I actually looked this one up. That fight scene with him wasn't even in the movie at one point. That was added in afterwards because focus groups were unsatisfied with the amount of and the quality of the fight scenes, which I want to get into a bit as well. Um, That is one of the better fight scenes in the films as well, which is is lucky. It does does bring it back after some pretty naff stuff for me. Um, But yeah, it's a shame you don't get to see him in the Green Ninja suit, but that's probably why. cheaper well cheaper just to have a cgi that sounds absolutely nonsense but i I guess to add if they knew they were going to do a cgi monster they might as well just just do a cgi monster instead of casting someone else um and getting a new novel concept cgi lizard gets eaten by a statue becomes sentient ninja man and then gets the crap kicked out of him (laughs) all the while one of the most bangingest tunes to ever bang the tunes playing (laughs) 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 (la
yeah, so I've stopped. <laughs> it's a shame about some of the other fights and some of the other characters because Sub Zero, as everyone has pointed out, just gets royally jobbed off by his own stupid mistakes almost. Goro basically dies because he gets kicked in the nuts and then falls <laughs> off a cliff, which is a shame because, as Kelsey said, and we'll get there, uh, the practical effect. They absolutely outweighs stuff like the way the reptile looks. Despite the fight scene being pretty good, the CGI is, of course, pretty shoddy, which is the same with Raiden's powers. Um, to put my hat into the Raiden argument, he is the star power of the film in the sense that he's the established actor coming in. Uh, so he knows the most about what he's doing, and it shows because he knows how to play B-movie characters. Because stuff like the stupid laughs to himself... Uh, just a real, they're a real treat to behold. Like he's yeah. he, he's really helping the tone of that film by throwing stuff in there like that. Um, he's, a, a sh- he's, he's, a, he's, he's a chill lightning god. He's a chill, like, yeah. yeah he's <laughs> he got is character. a character, right? It's a shame in a weird way. This is just a thing, you know. Obviously, we're twenty something years on from this film. It is funny seeing them. Uh, Lou go to this like monastery with all these monks and stuff, and their god is just like a white dude. Like, I just thought that was quite funny in retrospect. <laughs> Couldn't do that now. Yep. Um, some of Johnny's Definitely. lines as well, you wouldn't have anymore. Some of that's kind of like, but he brings an important brevity to the film, I think. And his interactions with, with Sonya can be quite funny, and his interactions with Lou are quite funny as well. So the sort of character unit felt pretty good. And as Steve said, I think. When I think Johnny Cage, I do think... What's his name? Lyndon Ashby? Lyndon Ashby. Lyndon Ashby. Um, As it turns out, also, he was in Resident Evil Extinction. Didn't realise that. He was the sniper in Resident Evil Extinction. And say, Lyndon Ashby, uh, Bridget Wilson, and I don't want to butcher his name, uh, the, the, the chap who plays Shang Tsung all have now right. well, reprised I, their role. Yes, in the films. That's right. Yeah, it's mainly goes I mean, to show in the game. Yeah, yeah, sorry, in, in the MK11. game. That's right. Yeah, the, there's yeah. film DLC for the game, isn't there? Um, which again shows the sort of legacy of the film for sure and the legacy of those character portrayals um yeah i, I think it's carrie hiroyuki Ta- tagawa is uh, his name yeah i mean he's the he's the gem of the whole thing 100 percent. without him for oh, me yeah, the film falls, the film just scene, falls to pieces without him it, it would be an absolute flop um, yeah, he's wonderful it's uh, funny it's because hair, sunglasses, perfect Wesker. You know, um... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> so, like Danny Glover before um, Christopher Lambert, they were talking about Danny Glover. Wow. For uh, Raiden, that, I don't know if that would have made it better or worse. <laughs> That's weird. That's really, really weird. Yeah. Um, I would the the thing that I really dislike about this movie, like actually dislike, probably is. The, I don't know if it's I don't know if this class is character related really, but like the romance, the two points of romance that come out of nowhere. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like two people that basically don't talk to each other outside of single lines suddenly have like this romantic involvement, and it's just like, ugh. That was a. I'm so like- glad that. I'm so glad that we're past that in movies now. Like an action movie doesn't have to have like. Mm-hmm. A romance yeah. line going through it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I feel like that's a very nineties thing. It is a very nineties yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's funny. It goes to show um, that we haven't really spoken about Katana at all. She sort of <laughs> like set dressing. To be honest, I didn't. Yeah. Didn't really. <laughs> what happened? The, wo- the worst fight it. in the whole movie. As yeah. Well, God, that fight is so boring. Fight. Yeah. 
all the directing and uh, vocal talent of a farming cabinet, I believe, was the term. <laughs> and uh, that's brutal for one of the key characters in, like, you know, in the wider mythos of Mortal Kombat. Katana's a big friggin' deal. Mm. Um, so the, the fact that they, you know, probably had the same energy as, you know, Degeneration's Leon Kennedy um, <laughs> is, is kind of bad. I think, and I don't want, and this isn't me disparaging her performance, not that I was particularly interested in it, but um, from what I understand, they hired her based essentially on her look. I think she was a model rather than an actor at the time. So that probably is a contributing factor. But in terms of other random fun trivia characters before we move on, I know, uh, Mr. KDB, you have an interesting one about Sub-Zero for any wrestling fans out there. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, So anybody who watched... WWF sort of in mid to late 90s will should know the name Francois Petit. Now, he, whenever somebody got really injured, um, you know, like put through a table or, you know, had hit over the head with a chair and they couldn't leave on their own feet, they had to be stretched out. And so this chap would always come out and he'd always get name dropped. Fran, our, our medical expert, Francois Petit, Francois Petit. And that name has always been with me. And then when I watched the film this week, I sort of looked back and read up about it a bit. And it turns out that Francois Petit, the medical doctor from 90s WWF, is also a fully trained martial artist. And he plays Sub-Zero in this film, which to me was sort of a moment where you kind of read that and go, how is that actually possible? But How's I, that I real life? Checked and checked. And it is completely true. He is fully trained martial artist, also a real doctor. And yeah, he... Got, got got sidelined in this film a little bit, but they, they I think they used him. They brought him on to direct whoever they were going to cast, but then he turned out to just be so good that they they used him instead. I mean, why not? I guess you're putting two quote unquote so good. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Good, yeah. It's good at the martial arts stuff. <laughs> it's funny because if you pull up the the freeze fr the classic freeze frame of him like punching forward next to like actually hench dudes, it's hilarious how like wimpy he looks <laughs> uh so let's talk about visuals and stuff uh, the direction and the cgi and and, and all of that uh, it has been name dropped i was gonna say this at the beginning of the show and it just didn't come up but yeah this is a paul ws anderson joint apparently we just love him so much that we can't get away from his productions after talking about six resident evil films that he was in some way attached to now we get to talk about another one um i'll get the ball rolling um, in terms of his directing in this and the DOP stuff, this is better than most of the stuff in the Resident Evil films. I'm not going to say it's great, but there's actually some interesting bits in here. James, what do you think about the direction and the visual look of this film? <clears throat> yeah, I just, uh, speaks, speaking of visual, like I uh, want to go back on something KDB said at the beginning. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you mentioned Street Fighter KDB, I think like there's a point in Street Fighter where they are at um, like that, that Shaolin temple they go to or the, the Warriors of Light, I think it's called or something yeah, like that temple. Cool. Like there's like a very similar fighting scene. And I love that bit. In more, you know, when you first meet uh, Raiden and Liu Kang's being a little bit of a child and, and stuff. As I love that that set, and I love the sets that they use. They are really cool. Um, there's a lot of work that's gone into them. Um, now it is Paul W. S. Anderson, so I mean it's not, you know, top tier, but it is. Yeah, I agree with you. Say like this is better than, like, in terms of the way it's shot and stuff, is better than Resident Evil, um, and how it looks. 
I said earlier on, but the CGI is not fantastic. It doesn't really, you know, it didn't really pull me in at all. But I think, you know, that this was during the, you know, the beginning of CGI when things were being experimented yeah. with, and it's like it was more about, oh, we've got a CGI monster in this mo- in this movie rather than it looking good. Like it was like a gimmick. Mm. I think I feel. Um, and everybody back then, everybody would have been down for that. It was like when you know Independence Day came out um, a couple years later. You know that movie had great CGI for the time, um, and we were all, we were all sucked into it. I loved that movie. But yeah, um, probably like my favorite visual about this game, about this game about this movie, because it's kind of synonymous with the game, I guess, um, is Prince Goro. He looks so good. Mm. He. Like that practical effect, the practical effects of him. Like I was looking at, it, I was going, "Man, this must have cost a lot." Like because I was looking at it, and you know, that's why yeah. the CG looks like it does. <laughs> <laughs> Put all, all the money into Prince Goro. Yeah, he he just he looks so good. It is it is sad that we didn't get to see him like smash some fools, but I I feel that wasn't well. Other than like kind of you know chopping Art Lean in the shoulder. Um, and hey, he we got there. that jump cut of all of Earth Realm heroes being there, getting their asses kicked, and they all dress the same, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like Prince Prince, for that reason, Prince Goro is my favorite. So I met Cat as me out in the background. Um, yeah, he he just looks so great. They've really worked on the face, how he looked, and how he he reacted. Um, how his arms all moved, and yeah, I agree with you, KDB, as well. Like my favorite scene with him was when you know Kano's eating that. I don't know, that wasn't a turkey; that was something else. This giant turkey, turkey leg on the table, and like they were having their little chat. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie because it was just two bad yeah. guys being bad. Like it was, it was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, even in terms of forgetting about reptile for a second, um, even the. Uh, kind of the the effects of Sub Zero, um, maybe not Scorpion. I feel like that would have been better if it was a darker uh, palette, like because the 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 light of the the scene just made his Scorpion thing like look really ridiculous. Mm. Um, but yeah, all the other like the lightning, the uh, the cold effects, um, the kind of the soul sucking that you would see occasionally. Right. <laughs> um, and stuff was super cool. I really liked it. And it, you know, I felt, you know, if I watched this when it came out, I would have been completely, completely like sold by it. Probably wouldn't have been by Reptile, but by every, everything else. Yeah. But great. Really love nice. the look of it. Uh, Adam, what do you think of the, the visual direction for the film? It looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm joking. Like I, like I already hinted on before, I'm really happy that the characters all got there. Yeah, you know approximations at least of, of their what they look like in the game more so than than anything else. the The effects are horrible. Prince Goro looks dumb. Like <laughs> I, I know that you love him, James. I I don't have the same feeling. I think he has a very weird <laughs> Disney Disney genie kind of face. Like <laughs> paint him <laughs> blue, and he could have been like in the very the, different film. Very yes. different film. <laughs> little, he's, yeah. he's Prince Goro. Joe, you know he yeah. he gave he gave me the feeling of like the Super Mario's like real life like like oh, film. things. Yeah, like he gave me that yeah, feeling, and goodness. I for some reason I love that movie, and it's so oh, bad, but I I great. love it. You sure? It's great. 
(laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the CG is truly horrible. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of many movies that have done it worse. Mm. Um, And I know it was a, a burgeoning thing back then, but I mean, Look at Jurassic Park, and I know obviously the budget there is right. wildly different. Yeah, but it's just like if you can't do it like that, maybe don't do it. That's you didn't thing, need it? To, a lot of it was unnecessary, um, and it definitely showed how Paul W. Sanderson was going to advance in his <laughs> sort of career. It's like Scorpion didn't need a weird whatever it is that comes out of his hand really badly like just Mm. give him a freaking kunai on a rope like it'll be fine Mm. it'll be better even yeah Um, it's it's funny that you said jurassic park because i thought the same thing and obviously came mm. out two years beforehand and you're right because these are completely different films but it does kind of feel like after that film happened everyone wanted their own slice of the pie right they just kind of assumed just any cgi that's what people want and it it did work to a certain extent because as james said it was like a brand new exciting revolution at at the time but yeah exactly i mean you know (laughs) i remember when i first watched it i I mean i don't remember obviously but i remember not being like oh god look how bad that all looks because it was a kind of new thing Mm. um but it i mean obviously it didn't age well and yeah I would like I would say I would argue to to not do it if you can't do it as well as as what's already been out there at least or you know learn to do it in a way like James said you know he he had a fight in a field like in the sun basically mm. it's like do it in like a cave or something so yeah. that we don't right. so you don't have to see it as much mm. um but other than that I liked most of the incidental effects I liked all the lightning effects and stuff, which were also bad, but they were like the fun old school. <laughs> they remind me of mean, old yeah. school like effects. You know what I mean? Like when when they used to like layer it over the film. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was weird because when we first saw Goro, you know, and and our, Kano, I forgot to talk about him in the uh, in the character section, but Kano is my standout. I love. I don't know. This guy's just had a weird, like, British, maybe Australian. I'm not sure what he was supposed to be, but there's so something... he's yeah. He is actually English, but he I turned thought up so. Yeah, he pretended to do an Australian accent in his. Oh, audition. that was his approximate. Okay, yeah, yeah, and they kept it, and it actually informed Kano in the games as well yes, after this did. film. That's <laughs> amazing because, yeah. like, for some reason, like, he just exudes character amongst some of the other people like there's something about his character that's just like Mm. fun like it's probably easier because he just gets to be like a dumb villain basically but yeah i enjoyed that a lot but yeah i mean i'm fine with the effects really um they're they're crappy but it's a crappy movie and that's fine (laughs) (laughs) steve what do you think of the visual direction for mortal kombat 95 I think it's okay uh, uh you know cg notwithstanding i feel like the problem you know paul ws anderson must have watched like you know some classic bruce lee stuff like game of death that stuff on the beach feels very like a bruce lee film yeah 
um, and the tournament stuff. I, I that's the general like the aesthetics of the arenas. They always seem to give me that kind of this is a fight. Bruce Lee could have a fight in this kind of place. Um, as for Goro, uh, I think it's on par with stuff that Star Wars did in the eighties, which <laughs> is actually kind of high praise, I suppose, for mm. the budget in nineteen ninety five. Mm. CGI is, of course, complete dog. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like some of the I like some of the naff CGI even now, like Raiden's eyes. There's some about the way that they go. I don't think so. And um, as cheesy as it is, the weird pulsing shockwave of um, you know Sub Zero's like ice ball, which looks like a Dragon Ball Z move gone wrong. I actually for some reason go, yeah, that looks kind of cool actually. Mm. Um, cool ice, ha ha ha. I am funny. Um, but then you've got like sweeping CGI shots up towers of meaninglessness in in, uh, yeah. in Outworld, yeah, uh, and and I just nah, it's all right. Um, it's like a PS One cutscene. Yeah, like Castlevania <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, when, when they're on the where when they're on the boat and like the skull appears in the sky and stuff, yeah. that really looks like a PS One cutscene. I enjoyed the stuff on the boat until then. <laughs> yes, yeah, the, 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 the creepy chains and stuff. And, mm. Yeah. And now, I, I, overall, I, I feel like it's probably one of their best, you know, Paul W.S. Anderson's best in terms of actual, like, framing a shot and a location. It's just the effects are either incredibly practical, but, like, uh, from what I understand, Goro was prone to breaking and uh, not the most animate. Like, you'll never see them running, will you? The, 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 right. the shots of them moving, their legs are never shown, for example. Yeah. Um but the face stuff I thought was okay, and the, the, the fact that he just grabs people and punches them is is on par with the game. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I kind of wish that they did a bit more with it. Like Liu Kang's whole bit is flying kicks and fireballs. I think there's like the briefest like cheesy cartoon flash of a fireball from him mm-hmm. at, uh, near the end, and otherwise not a whole lot. Johnny Cage does no special effects, despite that being sort of his gimmick. Like he'll have a shadow version of himself and jump balls and stuff mm-hmm. yeah. um so yeah stuff that i would have liked to have seen that would have fit the naf cg wasn't there uh reptile looks completely awful although i do like the morphing between you know when it goes from cgi man in statue or cgi thing in statue to a man i thought that was actually kind of all right for the time yeah yeah uh i think we'd almost be remiss not to, to sort of i mean we touched a little bit sort of the lack of gore and it's so funny now because I just Googled the, the VHS cover for when this was brought out on home video. And it was a 15. And like that is hilarious now looking at it that this film was ever a 15. And people were saying, oh, you kids shouldn't see this film because it's really not that bad. And it absolutely should have been an 18 considering the, the level of violence in the video games, which is just not here, is it? You just like they made a Mortal Kombat film. But from from my eyes, there isn't really any fatalities in it. Someone says it, great. That doesn't mean uh, you need to see some heads being and spines dangling in the air as someone pulls it out of someone. It it just and obviously we're going to talk about the new film, but watching them back to back, man, did I ever notice that in comparison? Uh, <laughs> Kelsey, what do you think of the sort of visual design for the film? Yeah, I won't kind of retread everything people have said. I think I pretty much agree with everything that's been said. I, mm. I do want to just really praise the sets. Um, the sets are really really good those big practical sets like a lot of it is in the studio is in a studio but they clearly went to a lot of effort and the atmosphere is great um it has 
you know, and how much of that is Paul W.S. Anderson? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it, it will never know really. Um, mm. But so the sets are good. I really like that. And mo- most of the scene, 90% of the CG is just atrocious. And I, I don't think budget is an excuse because there were lots of films with, you know, a budget less than Jurassic Park that still had better CG than this. And then just quickly, I've, I've got to stick up for Goro. I know Adam, uh, not <laughs> fan, but uh, I agree with Steve. It's very sort of Star Wars-like, and that practical effect is good. And just when I, when I compare it to the modern one, which we'll get on to, like, yeah, there's just no competition. Uh, even with how kind of robotic he looks in this old version, um, I just pre- prefer it all day, and I think he's great. I I've, I connected with him a lot more than I did a CG Goro. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it looks most of the film looks great apart from the shoddy CG, um, but on a whole, it looks great. The the very end when uh, is it the Emperor guy? I can't yeah, remember his name. Yeah, it's Shao Kahn. Yeah, that's yeah. like straight out of Power Rangers from nineteen ninety three, and it's really bad. But it's the film literally ends like three seconds later. Thank mm. God. So um, <laughs> yeah, the, the atmosphere, the sets are good, the way it's shot. There's there's some of that sort of classic. Like night, harsh nineties noir lighting. Like it's not black and white; it's in color. But you know the sort of white, like piercing through the windows, lots of shadows and things mm. like that. Which, yeah, the atmosphere is great. I can't fault the atmosphere um, and the way it looks in general. Yeah, there's a scene really early on, just to sort of wrap this one up, where it's the first scene where Liu Kang wakes up from a nightmare or whatever it is, um, and his entire apartment is just like bathed in this green light. Green, I mean, yeah. My first thought was, where the hell is his apartment that he's just got this weird, moody green light coming all through the window? Just it's very, that's a very weird thing. But I'll admit, it's kind of cool and different, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm Camp Goro, yes, for this film. I, I appreciate he's one of the, the standout effects, definitely. Um, I'm, in the, I'm in agreement that practicality always wins for me over CGI. But let's uh, hit the last point before we wrap up this first film, which is, of course, audio. As people have mentioned, the origin of the theme music for Mortal Kombat, you know, it's not just had a huge impact on the game franchise, but also as the lead single off of the soundtrack CD, it was kind of huge for music because the soundtrack for Mortal Kombat, the film, is the first dance music album that reached platinum in America. The Mortal Kombat soundtrack, and it is just based on the th- that theme music. You've got to... I'd give it up for that and it's part of video game fabric now we would just before we were recording the film we we're just talking about how it's been stuck in our heads all week so uh yeah that's again lucky for anderson i suppose because that's a big selling point i think in terms of the rest of the music i you know it's, it's a decent selection for the time you know mid 90s dance music it was the cutting edge you had sort of like industrial stuff going on there and a little bit you've got bit. fear factory and kmfdm haven't you right yeah. kmfdm those are the standout ones for me and fear factory of course it was which was sort of the cutting edge of metal in particular that one at the time uh, which is quite interesting that they get this sort of shout out they're sort of associated with uh this film because of it because of zero signal people will be like oh yeah i remember fear factory from mortal kombat um it's weird because some of the tracks don't fit with the movie, I feel like. But they do and they don't. It's almost like someone's made a YouTube music video for me. 
And maybe it's because I know that Fear Factory song really well because I'm a huge fan. But the way that song is like chopped up into parts for the Johnny and Scorpion fight scene is wildly distracting for me. But that maybe that's just because I know how the song's actually meant to go. But it just sort of flips around. It It's really weirdly edited. But in terms of the selection of the music and, of course, the theme song, uh, it's a really solid part for me. Steve, what do you think of the soundtrack and the audio design in general? I'm similar to you. Like having heard Zero Signal in um, Carmageddon, the album, Demon yeah, yeah, that's true. and this... Uh, hearing it in a, it was very weird. Like it pretty much kicks in as they enter the Scorpion's realm or whatever you want to call it, and it's all over the place. But then, um, you know, Sonya's fight with, uh, you know, Kano and and uh, KMFDM's joint, joint Jezebel starts playing in a instrumental version, which is again a pretty pretty banger track. Uh, but it it feels more like something out of a Tekken game than a Mortal Kombat thing, mm. if that makes sense. It kind of draws me out as a this isn't fight on the beach music. Um, because there's clearly a set music you're meant to fight on a beach, uh, Steve, <laughs> in your in your head. Uh, so it, it, it's still groovy though. Um, musically speaking, it's whenever they go for like Sonic, let's have fun and put silly music over the top or techno or metal. It's great, but when it's just trying to be serious, it's just uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, like the, the wood, the woodwinds of Katana. Every time I hear them, I just want to like slowly die inside. It's a, <laughs> Okay, cool. Fantastic. Let's move on to the fun bits now, please. Um, yeah, and obviously Techno Syndrome by Utah Saints, better known probably by many as, you know, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. uh, is definitely a part of the fabric and the fandom. So much so, in fact, that uh, for some reason or another, it's never been in the games, like up until this latest entry, to massive mm-hmm. fan aplomb. So... I, that is a that's a weird thing for me because that tune's always been associated with Mortal Kombat for obvious reasons. Right. It has only just made the jump into the video games. I wager that if you hear a friend bring up the subject of Mortal Kombat, eight times out of ten, someone's going to go, Mother-a-man! So, yeah. And that's because, I mean, it's probably because of the theme music. It's probably not from the commercial where that originally comes from and then was slapped on the theme music. It's because of the theme music. <laughs> Uh, Adam, what do you think of the audio design for the film? I'm blown away that there's other songs in this movie. <laughs> I, this sounds horrible, but like, I only remember the Mortal Kombat song. Like, and every scene of action I feel like had the Mortal Kombat song. <laughs> I just didn't hear anything else for an hour like, and a half. Just yeah, pretty much from start to finish, it was just going over and over in my head. Could you? We've had a dynamic score where it literally is just different variations of the theme playing. So you've got like your moody quite Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the ballad version. It's funny because like the sad music version. But yeah, I mean, I honestly only remember that. Like, I applaud you guys for for being knowledgeable on the soundtracks. I just know it was it has the shouty Mortal Kombat <laughs> song and I'm I'm here for it. To be fair, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Uh, James, what do you think of the audio direction for the film? Uh yeah, it's like um you know, they this film did the you know, the hundred remixes of Lil Nas Net Lil Nas X, you know, before Lil Nas X. You know, <laughs> I personally feel like it's a very Lil Nas timely X... reference. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love it. No, but um, yeah, no, he's like for no, no. If no one's not to know, like every single song that Lil Nas X does is remixed into like a hundred different things, and I love the, each one of them. I love every single track <laughs> on this in this game uh, in this film, except, and I love this song, but it had no place in this film. And that's Halcyon on and on by I'm, Orbital. I'm really oh, glad man, you I mentioned that. Too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right at the end, I adore that song, and I like played it to death, um, like back in the day. Yeah. I and so. I was, and then it came on, and I was like, "Wait, what? Why is this here? <laughs> this like, is the ending theme to Hackers. What's it doing here?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I was so confused why that was on. Um, yeah. In terms, like the music was the music was great. Other than that bit, like I loved every single scene. Um, yeah, probably its strongest point actually. Um, and also the 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 design, like um, you know, they did a lot of dubbing, and like that was pretty on point. Like there was nothing, there was no like lag between any of the audio that I was yeah. expecting. Yeah. You know, um, like typically with kind of eighties martial arts and seventies martial arts, you'll see a lot of that, and there was none of that in this one. Oh, uh, the they, they were on point. Say again. You mean the foley, the hit sounds, and like you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like like typically you would see some lag there, or it just wouldn't be realistic. Yeah, every single hit was believable. You know, I, I even the, yeah, in terms of the sound. Mm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I've, why was Halcyon on and on? I don't, I don't get that. I don't get it at all. That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if it's done right, you don't notice. So good to call that out as well. Um, KDB, what was your thought on the audio design for the film? Yeah, I, ju- I just what James said just there, like the sound design as opposed to the kind of soundtrack is actually really good. Um, just to sort of throw something different in there, the scene uh, with Liu Kang, uh, I can't, I don't know if the person who fights has a name, but I don't with think the sticks, so. Yeah, when they have the fight with sticks, um, that's really, really good, and the sounds great on that. Um, like sound design, it's some of it is very whoosh, whoosh, sort of mm. very classic sound sort of stock sound effect but it works it's all it all sits in and it's bedded in really fine um and then what else to say, sort of say about the soundtrack i'm kind of with you the the, the genres of music used are, pr- are probably my kind of two favorite genres of music so mm. you know what i i love the soundtrack i've listened to the soundtrack uh a lot this week but also prior you know just randomly songs on playlists so mm. um i think um when you, try, when you think of 90s, like so many movies in the 90s have uh, these iconic soundtracks, you know, with songs on tracks that you can listen to uh, as opposed to score. Mm. Um, and this is definitely one of them that is way, way up there, despite, you know, issues that the film may have. Uh, the soundtrack is is really really flipping good, and the musical talent that sort of was involved in in making the music and mm-hmm. the tracks that they use is is way too good for this movie, if you like. So yeah, um, I mean that's fair. And as I said, sort of this was very much the current goings on. It was very much on the on the pulse almost of, yeah. of what was going on. So that was a huge selling point for especially younger audiences that would have picked that album up. Um, Right, so I know everyone's excited to talk about the new film, um, and I'm sure everyone's excited to hear us talk about it, so let's wrap up the 95 Mortal Kombat with some final thoughts. Adam, what's your overall opinion of the classic Mortal Kombat film? It's a great movie. It's it's dumb. It 
doesn't bring a lot to the table in terms of story, but it's definitely a fun watch with friends movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's firmly in that that zone, and uh, if you haven't watched it, you should absolutely watch it. Interesting, uh, Kelsey. What's your final thoughts on it? Um, I think it's a really bad film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching it, and I enjoyed when I watched it again this week, I was like, this is not as good as I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still found lots to love in there. It's, you know, it's like a sock, probably a solid two out of five, one, one point being for the soundtrack, one point being for Christopher Lambert. And (laughs) I I think that's it. It is really fun to watch and watching it with friends. I think you'll get a lot out of it, but as far as, like, as you said, this was so successful, this film. It made so much money at the time. Um, but I don't, I don't know how. And I think it only made money based off the Mortal Kombat name because even at the time, there was films with much better choreography and, mm. you know, CG and acting and dialogue. We didn't really talk about the fighting itself, sort of the fight choreography, but it's pretty bad in this film. The reptile great. scene, as you yeah. said, is probably the best one. There are times when I think at one point Bridget Bridget Wilson actually puts her arm out and somebody just runs into it as if she's <laughs> sort of clotheslining them, but she doesn't even move. She just stood there, and and it's in slow motion, which makes it look even worse. And there's a lot of that in there. A lot of the fighting looks very much like it's uh, the rehearsals have made it onto film. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's fun. It is fun, but generally it's pretty bad. Mm. Uh, Mr. Moist Owlet, what's your final thoughts on the 1995 Mortal Kombat? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just echo. It's not good. It's not a good movie. Um, please go, but please go watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I do have a small note here about like, and this, I, I do love the new one, and we'll go into that in a second. But there's some fight scenes in this older one that were better than. The, the newer movie interesting um yeah um, in my opinion like mm. just the way that the connects were done and stuff um but overall yeah summary i i was entertained it made me laugh you know when mortal kombat's not meant to be really that serious it's about people you know killing each other because the earth is about to be taken over by an, another world you know it's, it's not meant to be taken seriously mm. um and yeah if you go into it like expecting um kind of seriousness then you probably won't enjoy the movie uh as much as just you know relaxing turning your brain off and just enjoying what's on the screen that's fair steve final thoughts so i'm this is weird i think i feel like in terms of the mortal kombat fandom this this laid a groundwork for a lot of the franchise to then follow in terms of how characters can be the tone of them, and they obviously have a reasonable, like you know, aftershock in that people still want to hear that theme tune. They still like they 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 ate up the concept of having these characters appear in the game finally. Mm. But it's crap. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it's a film that I, if it was if it was nothing on, it's a Sunday afternoon. I've got nothing on. I'm flicking through the TV, and it's there. I'll watch it. Yeah. But would I go and seek it out? Probably not. Mm-hmm. When I want to listen to the tunes, yeah, I'll, I'll bang the album on. Uh, but it's, uh, again, though, you know, some of the performances I actually kind of really like, though. Like, for example, Christopher Lambert, 
uh, Lyndon Ashby and um, Shang Tsung's actor. And, you know, it, uh, fair play, you know, Bridget Wilson's uh, Sonya, who I don't think we've given much credence to, yeah, doesn't true. do a whole lot. She doesn't have a whole lot of lines, but uh, it kind of cool as a, a, a take on, you know, action lady mm. uh, in the 90s, which was a uh, rarely touched on thing. Mm. Um, there is a kind of, unfortunate misogynistic turn towards the end on that front, but mm. uh, overall, yeah. So you could do worse if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat, but are listening to this podcast for whatever reason. I mean, good on you. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Easily the best film Paul W.S. Anderson's done regarding a game. <laughs> Probably true. That, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, I can agree with that. But for me, this lands very much in the middling area of sort of, it's decent. You know, it's not as good as I remembered it being. After yeah. years of saying that it was one of the better video game movies, which still technically might be kind of true because we're still kind of only just starting to uh, rise up in what that can actually mean. But there's little more to this than B movie fluff. And I mean, I think- the, the fact the fact that it wears that on its sleeve is yeah. uh, has actually a credence to it because yes, the follow up the follow up is uh, oh, see. Not, 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 <laughs> I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, don't. Don't take your time. I'm never going to watch it. I think when this came out, it was like a weird curio for mainstream audiences. Mm. Like, oh, you know, it's a movie based on this video game that everyone's talking about and how violent the video game is and blah, blah, blah. But at this point, unless you're a Mortal Kombat uh, fan and for some reason haven't seen the film, or unless you're just like a gaming historian type of person, there isn't much need to watch this unless as some of you guys have said i will agree if you're with friends and you want something to you know crack jokes at or whatever then it'll be a good time you know it's all right it isn't going to have a lasting effect on most people i doubt it's that many people's favorite film ever but it's all right you could do a lot worse the, the thought that comes to mind uh kdb mentioned earlier i think about how uh shao Kahn appears like a power rangers villain and power rangers with a uh, a slightly mature rating is what this feels like at times. Mm, mm. However, however, there is just nothing mature about this film. <laughs> There's no, like there really no isn't. violence in it not, at no. all. And I think, like, say, say this new generation of video game players or fans pick up Mortal Kombat 11. Is that the most recent one? Yeah. Yeah. 11. Yeah. And they play that. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to go back and watch this movie from the 90s. They're just going to laugh their heads off and be like, what is this crap? Because, like I say, there's not, I don't think there's a drop of blood in the film. There is, there's not much violence. There is lots to love about it, as I said. But as a Mortal Kombat film, I don't know. I'm not sure it lives up to the Mortal Kombat name, if Mm. I'm honest. In retrospect, perhaps, um, and yes, what the franchise yeah, has fair. been, I, I would totally agree with that. That's fair.
So let's talk about Mortal Kombat 2021. Uh, it's hard to keep track of the production of this film, honestly, um, because it's well, the history of Mortal Kombat as a film franchise is kind of a mess at this point. The first sequel we've touched on several times was received so poorly that a planned third and final movie got delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, in 2010, uh, I hope I pronounced this right, Kevin Tancheroen directed an eight-minute short called Mortal Kombat Rebirth. I remember when that came out, in fact, and that got a lot of attention. And he was subsequently picked as the director for the new actual movie, which was set to enter production. Um, It was even assigned a budget before it was delayed for many more years. Um, We roll around to 2015, James Wan signed on as producer. And then in the following years, you've got your director in his debut, Simon McCoy. McQuaid, I think, um, and Greg Russo was one of the writers. Um, the film released as of yesterday, 24th of April 2021, either via HBO Max in the US and in some regions of the world in cinema. It currently holds a 53% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 43 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um, since we can't do a what was your first exposure to this film since it came out yesterday, what I will quickly point out is, obviously, as I neglected to mention there, is the film's availability in the UK, which was, and still is, a big question mark. Um, for a while, it looked like it was coming to Amazon Prime, and then on the day of release, suspiciously, that information seemed to be vanishing from articles all over the internet, and nobody knew quite what was going on. At the time of speaking, um, there has been no statement from the production studio's 
in any capacity. Um, assumption being, I suppose, not to put too fine of a point on real life, but we are about three weeks out at the time of recording from cinemas reopening in the UK. So most likely they're holding off for that. Um, don't need to go in too depth in this, but it is 2021. If you're going to try and do a staggered release like this, then prepare yourself for the consequences. There are ways to watch this film that is out, even if you aren't you know, able to show your appreciation and monetarily pay for it. Um, I can't tell you to do that or not do that, but I'm sure plenty of people out there will be able to figure out that you can probably get behind that HBO, HBO if you know someone in America, or there are other ways, of course. So that's not on my head as far as I'm concerned. That's on the studio's head. So the plot of Mortal Kombat 2021 is slightly different to the original. You've got the same tenants there of the tournament, one tournament away from the end of Earthrealm as Outworld invades. But you have some new inclusions, these strange markings that characters have that basically pick them out as the chosen ones for the tournament, which can either be passed down through lineage or by killing someone with the marking and inheriting theirs. Uh, and you also have the protagonist, Cole Young, a brand new character created for the film, uh, who rests in the former category, he has born with this strange birthmark, which he then will go on to learn, uh, grants him exclusive access to the murder tournament that is Mortal Kombat. Um, Steve, let's start with you. What do you think of the plot set up for this film? And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of the, the new introductions there. I feel like they could have called this Combat Begins. Like, this just feels like a very much a, uh, a prequel film to anything that will occur in, in, video, in the video games, even though certain characters die that may or may not be meant to. We're, I suppose we're trying to dance around spoilers a little, but yeah, it's okay. Like, those opening minutes hook you pretty hard. I would right. say. Yeah. Uh, yeah as a general script, setup, though, with the whole, like, you know, Deus Ex Machina tattoos and <laughs> the nature of said power giving them, uh, I want to say, plot armor. There is, a, there, is a, there is a term I don't like to use, but it's very Mary Sui. Like, mm. especially, we'll get into his character later. Um, but yeah. overall, it's okay, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's a bit of a weird one, really, because it is somewhat true to the games, but then it just sort of bolts some extra stuff onto it. It's, yeah, that, that's the thing. We've got audience identification character or something in a franchise this old feels a bit strange to me. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a weird one. Yeah, I've definitely got some points to make about that. I think it mostly works fine. It's the means to an end. It didn't overly offend me or anything like that. I wasn't off-put by it. Um it gave us sort of a different entry point, I suppose, which is which is fine. Um, James, what do you think of the plot setup? Uh, I, well, for starters, it's better than the original movie, um, <laughs> the nine ninety five movie. Um, I could follow it what? better. <laughs> um, like it was a lot easier to follow. Uh, well, not no, that's the wrong words. It was a lot. It felt more put together. Like there's a lot more robustness to it hmm. um, because you got uh, glimpses into different worlds and not even just outworld but other ones too like which gave you yeah. kind of a nice feel about where this franchise could go um yeah and every character felt standalone um we'll talk i'll talk about characters later on because there's one i didn't really like in particular right but yeah the the plot is um 
you know, it's again, it's not too complicated, but it's it's robust. Like it makes sense. It made a little bit more sense, and what you know, they they took it a little bit more seriously, which some people may not have liked because it's Mortal Kombat, and that's fair to be honest, right? But I I did like it because it was like, oh, well, they're trying to they're trying to spin it in a in a new way, and like they're trying to make it a bit more real. Like, mm. uh, you know, there's that, f the two famous words, dark and gritty, which is where they tried to go with this one. And, uh, well, I mean, they didn't try. They, they did it pretty good. Um, and then towards the end, yeah, it turned into, it's a, okay, this is a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it um, definitely has a, like an, like a, like an amping up kind of pace to it. It definitely transforms as it yeah. goes. Because like, just the opening scenes for this film is oh. sort of whiplash from 95 oh. to this. I think I love it. Like, it's really cool to see, see actual lore from the series on screen. Yeah. And now that, that obviously we've got the benefit of all this time being put into it and stuff, get to see this. Like, yeah, it's just like a really cool showdown between the uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion characters in the past. Um, yeah. And it's funny because we were talking, obviously, about the previous film and how those those characters didn't have they didn't have the legitimacy, they didn't have the level of importance and stuff like that that they've been afforded over time. And immediately we go into this film, these are the central points of the story, these these characters and their history. And that's how it opens, which I really liked. Mm, it gave you, it, yeah. Like I that opening scene, I knew what was going to happen. I think we all knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Because it's just typical Hollywood, right? Where uh, something happy is happening. You know, everyone's happy. We're having a great time, you know. And, you know, I was like, oh, she's, yeah, something bad's going to happen to this person. <laughs> For right. Sure. The thing I, the thing I, are we allowed, we're allowed to talk about spoilers, right? Because people should probably have watched the movie if they're. I would say, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, spoiler warning now, I guess, if you haven't watched the film. The <laughs> thing, all right. But yeah, spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> I know. You know, it's it's very difficult um, and has been for years to show, uh, you know, child death on screen, right? You don't see it, mm. right? But you see a child that's lost their life and, like, it's a really... It is still a compelling moment. I was expecting her to die. Right. I was not expecting that child to die, right? And it made me go, oh, okay, they are not pulling punches. Yeah. Right? And, then, yeah. and then, like, within, like, two minutes, we get that badass fight right like, with with uh hanzo hasashi right it was so good i I was like yeah i'm in i'm in okay it's got me now mm. <laughs> i'm i mean i'm gonna watch it again and again um yeah but it was that was a great scene to to start this to start this movie out it gave me so much uh so much lore it made me care about this character um and it made me really dislike behan Mm -hmm. um you know that's precisely you know they they did it they did good they did good there kelsey what do you think of the, the general plot line and the opening since we're talking about it yeah um so let me just kind of preface what i'm going to say with that that i did really 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 like this film um because over the course of the next 30 minutes or whatever i might sound quite critical but um plot wise uh yeah it's better than the original however i I think it has some of the same issues in that the the most kind of plot explaining it does is in that first scene, uh, the title cards that follow, and then Sonya Blade has like a plot dump at one point. 
outside of that, the plot is quite thin. It's definitely not as shallow as as the first film, but I did feel like again, if you don't know what Mortal Mortal Kombat is, you might be a bit confused. There isn't a tournament in this film. Uh, they they <laughs> yeah. sort of talk about the tournament, but there isn't one. Um, the the antagonists kind of say, "Ah, screw the tournament. We're just gonna just gonna go kill them all." Um, but yeah, just to kind of bring it back to, to the start, that opening scene is so so good. Um, it's you know the the build up of tension. It did not feel like a like a Hollywood popcorn film at all. And then they just have this awesome fight. It's you know it's it's so so good. I loved it. Mm. Um, the I think the film in general suffers a lot. The plot suffers, I should say, um, because of fan service. Uh, it the film caters to fans in like a really big way. Crams lots of characters in. Uh, so many references, like references to the series and things that you know people go, oh, you know, like things like the leg sweep and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it it focuses on that fan service quite a lot, rather than developing the plot or adding many twists and turns. Um, the um, which, but it's that's fine, you know, it, it's fine because I think the film makes up for it in a lot of other ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little bit shallow. It's the plot is is better than the first film. Um, I think personally i would have preferred if they'd kind of said that okay we're going to do a new, a new mortal kombat trilogy and they had start and this first film was kind of almost completely set in that that opening scene may or at least more time was spent there because it was so good and i think more setup to sort of then carry over into two more films could have been really really good um because as i say the film suffers because of the a lot of characters get sidelined and we'll get onto characters in a bit. But um, yeah, it's a long way to a short point. It's better than the first one. Mm. Um, but I do think it suffers because of fan service. Um, yeah. And I've really, I, I did, I did not, I thought the ending was, I mean, I know we're going to talk about spoilers, but just, just quickly. So plot of the film, you know, this new character, Cole Young, goes on his arc is, is fine it's good but it's good up until the end because he's about to have this fight with sub-zero and then scorpion just kind of shows up and does it for him <laughs> uh which i was just like eh, really like it's at one point they're sort of fighting and then he's just in the background just like like punching the ice to get his his wife out um and i thought i kind of felt a bit sort of cheated i'm like i've kind of bought into this new character i can see what they're doing here and then we've got to the end where he's going to take down sub-zero and then he just doesn't and that was sort of a big issue with me um yeah that's yeah. it i suppose that's kind of what i think about the plot it's 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 fine but again very simple uh pacing i suppose actually pacing is another issue i had um that that opening is so good and then the rest of it is just like 90 percent action um i would have liked a few more quiet moments to just kind of breathe and mm. talk about the law but all, they shove all of that law into sonya blades um you know we've been searching we've been doing all this research for seven years and there's this ancient tournament blah 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 so if you don't know what mortal kombat is hopefully you do now after this little speech she's given yeah. um yeah a bit I've... more depth would have been good but it, it it was good it was fine i've definitely got some points about sort of pacing in the ending to get to so remind me to get to that but adam what do you think of the general plot 
I, I would definitely echo Mr. KDB in this one. Um, it's the 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 opening feels like a bit of a bait and switch to me. Mm. It's it opens up really strong, kind of period piece. It looks re- the cinematography is beautiful in that. Yeah, kind of opening seven minutes, um, and then it it kind of just turns into almost 1995 Mortal Kombat. Um, very basic story. Um, I think it tries to be too fantastical, which sounds a little weird because it's Mortal Kombat. Mm. But like the whole Kano eye thing being like some sort of magical power that you unlock when you have one of these marks. Right. It was just like, Ugh, really? You got to do that? Like, why can't he just have a laser eye? It's Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. There um, is, yeah, there, no, sorry, go on. I'll, I'll definitely get into that, but go on. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't have much else to say about it. It was, it, it, for me, it was just as serviceable a film as the original Mortal Kombat with updated effects, and it looked a lot nicer. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, not not one part of it made me be like, oh, I have to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. And not in a bad way, just it was just like it was fine. I think the the structure of the plot is fine. It's not exactly like it's unique, you know, train and find your inner powers and then fight the bad guys. But it, as has been pointed out, there wasn't a tournament in this really at all at least the 95 film did have a few fights early on that were part of the tournament before it all kind of sort of falls to pieces a little bit um which is a little bit strange in terms of the the magic markings and arcana which grants you this power that you can unlock i thought that was actually quite an interesting explanation for the sort of supernatural effects that some of the characters can have but it does work better for some characters and then not at all for others as you just pointed out, Kano probably should have had um, a science fiction reason for his eye and maybe work around him losing his mark or something some other way and coming back with a souped up face or whatever. Mostly also because, and we'll get to characters, but Jax's uh, superpower, I guess, is have bigger robot arms, which is kind of wonderfully coincidental because if he didn't have like weedy robot arms then he wouldn't be able to use his power at all how much would it suck (laughs) if your power was just like upgrade your your own like robot body parts and you'd never lost your arms you'd just be like oh great (laughs) that one doesn't make sense like fireballs and ice and stuff like that okay sure fine shooting pink rings at people i kind of like that as an explanation but for some characters it, you, they didn't need to have the mark like it, yeah the plot could have spent a little bit more time in there and in terms of the tournament i might have, since we've done all the spoilers a little bit what i would say this film almost needs is a, like a final fight between cole and uh, some other character whether that's shang Tsung or what and they outline that as well we're the two maybe not surviving because that means you have to kill off all the other characters but then they all well whatever <laughs> They all kind of get evaporated into non-life at the end. But you needed a final, we are the two's last standing, this is the fate of it all kind of fight. Because it did just sort of fall apart uh, when you got to sort of the, the MMA cage. And you, you forget that it's about a tournament, which hasn't actually started yet. But nonetheless. Yeah, that really bummed me out as well. And I was really expecting Cole to like 
I was expecting like the spirit of Scorpion to inhabit him, and that's what was yeah. going to happen when he finally like yeah. got his power. Yeah. I thought he was going to have his lineage, like he would be Scorpion, 100%. Um, and it would they, be like that dude well. living through him. And then it was just like a weird like gold bodysuit. Hmm. It's yeah, KDB's right. They yeah. they did almost kind of imply that that was going to be the case with the mirror scenes and stuff. But and I, I would have been fine with that if he just kind of. Right. appeared very briefly at the end and then was sort of to just guide him and then he became scorpion the new scorpion you know, yeah that, it's, uh, that's what i that's where i thought it was going the entire same. time exactly that's yeah that's why it's I a shame <laughs> yeah. because it's arguable can you have your cake and eat it too because i love the beginning of the film and as james said he knew where it was going but i knew where it was going because i know sort of the history of those characters even though i'm not mm. a mortal combat law buff i know that that's how it goes and that's how scorpion gets his powers and stuff like that so, yeah, okay, it, that's law accurate, and then I guess the end of the film wouldn't be. But I mean, for the for the sake of the film, you, it's not a bad idea to go off in your own way. I know some video game fans sure. throw up their arms and say all video game film films have to do their own thing, and it's bad. That's not always the case. If you're setting up like your own little universe here, and this is its own separate pocket universe, it could have done something different. Um, Steve, you tried to be a bit spoiler-free there, but now we've sort of been let off the leash. So what do you think of the wider plot? It feels like fan fiction. <laughs> I like it, yeah. um, the Cole's entire... I mean, like, it, it, I am the son or grandson of Scorpion, and he is going <laughs> to help me beat Sub-Zero. Also, my power is armor, and no one can kill me. <laughs> but, you know, when I say it like that... I will kill Goro in two hits. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of eh. It's a yeah. bit eh. Plus, he looks like an extra from Warcraft. <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> about Goro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he um, looks like a wild character. The um, It's okay. I, like, mm. I, I was really digging it when it was Crouching Tiger Extreme Violence at the start. <laughs> yeah. like, that, that bit is awesome. I would watch an entire film of just Hanzo and Behan kicking the shit out of each other. I'm yes. sorry for the swearing. This is an extreme film, uh, <laughs> allegedly. But that uh, that that sets a tone that the film never keeps up after that. Um, like the, the the closest cool stuff we get is like you know, uh, I mean it's still Goro getting maimed, isn't it? Everyone else is kind of meh. Like Scorpion annihilates what seven or eight ninja dudes mm, with that uh, kunai through the head and the chest. And then um, the only other brutal stuff is like a key blast through a, uh, a chest, a a gnome to the eye. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not quite the same. It's just it's 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 weirdly trying to reference stuff like KDB said with the kick sweep bit, which we've all done on Mortal Kombat Two. Don't lie. Is that the only move you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And they even like you know they even get Hero Cole to do the classic Mortal Kombat move, the uppercut. Everyone's got one. Dad, use your uppercut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little hyped when Scorpion does appear and does basically go, "Now you're mine. I'm gonna yeah. you know, get over here." And they have a fight. But until then, it just feels like Power Rangers, but it's taking itself way too seriously this time. Mm. Like if the original film is inoffensive because it's kind of dumb, goofy. This is like, no, we're serious, for real. Also, Sonya says she's special forces. She could just be a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that as well. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but this is the one, one of the things that really bugs me is Jax goes off to stop Sub-Zero from killing Cole. 
gets maimed and then left somewhere, wherever where he is. Sonia asks, "Where's Jax?" And then they leave it at that, and they then they bugger off into you know the salt mines of God knows where with Kano. <laughs> Don't even look for him. Meanwhile, like it- Loon Kang goes all the way there to pick up Jax's body and then come back as well. Yeah. <laughs> right, no. uh, Raiden appears like you know clearly got the same voice director as Kitana in the previous version and just <laughs> goes lightning shield and uh, Shang Tsung also probably has the same voice direction. Cabal's kind of cool, like when he turns. Cabal yeah, is, yeah. is pretty awesome. Who is you know? that? Is that I recognise the voice? I don't know if anybody knows who that is. Uh, Daniel Nelson. Mm-hmm. I don't know that name. Oh, sorry. Uh, D- Damon, Her- <laughs> Damon Herriman was the voice of him. Mm, I don't know. I, I, think, I You know, if they're doing a Command and Conquer live action movie, there's your Nod Troopers right there. There you go, right? <laughs> um, but no, like, the villains were okay to a degree. The, 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 the bad guys who are there just to fight, like Sub-Zero has a very distinct air of menace about them. Cabal as the slimy dude and Kano as, you know, the obvious, of, when are you going to betray us then? Uh, it would have been more of an ace outstanding thing to see him not betray the team. Yep. Um, mm. Yeah. As for the heroes, Luke Kang seems almost like milk toastly quiet in this film in comparison right. to most other iterations yeah. of the character. Uh, you I, stay, I don't you know stay you, off my boy. You, you I, I don't know careful. if you can tell, but I'm a bit, I'm not saying he's bad, James. I'm just saying that. They, they backseated him for a new new character whose power is armor. <laughs> uh, James, what do you think of the characters then? In that case, man, you guys, you guys really went in, huh? It's like, <laughs> well, I was ounces. thinking of James that entire time. <laughs> holy, holy crap, man! I love this movie. Y'all can suck it. I did too. For, for, yeah, for what it's worth, I really enjoyed it as well. To be fair, no, um. Uh, yeah, in terms of the characters, uh, yeah, man, the coolest bit happened. I just, well, I wouldn't say this earlier on, but uh, I'll, let, I'll let you finish. Like, Kung Lao destroying Natara with his... With, with his, his hat. hat. That's the ah! best bit. It was yeah. so good. Like, I, I would have liked yeah. to have seen more of Natara, but, like, it it was like, oh, man, that was so cool. Like, because you... Well, I, I like the... Um, just quickly. I like the uh, kind of the build-up to that, because, like, Kung Lao is just like this very, like, uh, you know, self-assured person, and rightfully so. You see him being, uh, you know, being a badass, mm. um, you know, and then you get to see him being one, right? It's just some. Unf- it is unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen him f- at least fight, um, Shang Tsung, uh, Shang Tsung a little bit yeah. rather than just get his soul sucked out. Yeah, like that would have been nice to see. But at the same time, I did feel a little bit there, like with Liu Kang and him. Like it was, I really wanted Liu Kang to get there, but Cabal is, oh, I love that character too, guys. I, I like him. He was cool. Like, and he was just like, yeah, I know what you're doing, but I'm going to keep you here, you know, because I, my master's killing one of your, I don't know really. Are they, in terms of the law, how are they connected to each other? Because they seem very, very intimate. Who, Cabal uh, and Shang Tsung? Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Cousins. Generally. Uh, generally, Liu Kang is the master, and then Kung Lao is a student. And although occasionally it's flipped around, okay. uh, like depending on which version of Kung Lao it is, because <laughs> there's like the original Kung Lao, and then there's like Liu Kang's protege Kung Lao, and right. something, something like that. Yeah, he calls okay. him cousin in the film, doesn't he? He calls him cousin so. and brother, I think, at different times. Oh, yeah. Oh dear. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, those things can be used. Like, uh, you can use those two, you know, descriptors for someone. Well, for sure. You know, yeah. You know, it's like, you can do that. So, Cause... like, f- for sure. Yeah. Um, like, and then there's also Kano just, like, punching... It made me laugh so much, but like, for, like it was a good positive laugh because he just punches through Reptile's chest and then brings the heart out. Kano wins, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. I love you!" Like, but then, then he got a little bit annoying um, because mm-hmm. he's all the time, and you're gonna bleep me here. Get put that down on the notes. He's constantly saying, "You f-ing idiot," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Can you stop saying that? You you said it like 15 times." Stop saying it. Like it's it's you know a couple times is cool, but yeah, it was starting to get on my nerves a bit. Um, in terms of all the other guys, we've got to go down the list. So, uh, and I was going to talk about one of the characters I didn't like, which was Cole Young, because he seemed like a pretty blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And I know what they were trying to go with. It's just like you know, uh, he didn't have really a personality. You know, I yeah, uh, I wanted you know. His his family had more of a personality than he did, <laughs> you know, and they were barely in the film. You know, I want to know more about his his daughter. I want to know, you know, why she's so important. Why, you know, when she put that strength bracelet on him, you know, I wanted that to be a big moment. He looks down at the strength bracelet. I know Sub Zero crushes it, but it's like I want him to look at down down at that at one point and then like find the strength within him, other than being beaten to a pulp and then. You know, yeah, it was... I thought just before you, Karen, I was just going to say, I just I thought that was going to be more important than it was because immediately I, you kind of saw where this film was going and it's yellow and black. And I was like, OK, well, this is interesting. Yeah. And it didn't really turn out to be too much. You're right. Yeah. And then like going down the list, like, yeah, I, I didn't I feel that there could have been more characters to Cole Young because I like his character. Like I like his 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 skill, his arcana, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, in this film, um, and I kind of like that plot. But at the same time, like you could have easily like Jax could have become an engineer and just made his own arms. You know, Kano could have you know I don't know fell into a vat of lasers. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I did like also the and I don't normally like this this kind of plot. But I liked Sonya Blade's plot. Mm. Of just being nothing and then achieving like kicking the butt of Kano and then achieving that champion status that we'd be we kept being reminded of throughout the entire film. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, and I, I also kinda like Raiden because I've always seen Raiden as this kind of passive but then again, he is also a god, and I'm a DM for D and D, so gods are typically passive and don't do an awful lot, right? And mm. he did that in this <laughs> He didn't do an awful lot. He just stood by, was a little bit passive aggressive, and then put a shield up. You know? Um, but yeah, uh, probably the star of the show for me, though, other than that first scene um, with Hiroyuki Sonata and uh, Joe, Joe Taslin, Ludi Lin. I love this boy. Like, I could look at him all day. Like, like, he looks great, right? And I could watch him fight all the time. I loved seeing him fight, and the effects in this movie also fantastic. We'll go over that later on. Um, I would have liked to seen Melina kind of do more stuff as well. Mm. Um, Everyone would have, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I mean, she was she was like teased, and yeah, well, she was she given was like five minutes of screen time, front maybe? and center of the marketing, and she says like three words. 
Yeah, like I think I mean, maybe fair, General Raiko is even more. Like, it's not until she gets angry and splits her own mouth open, until then she's like she's got jam down her face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, do you know what? In a stark contrast to the 1995, Goro was crap because he was made of CGI. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And James, very... we saw Warcraft together, right? I am not crazy. He looks like a yeah. He looks like a he looks like a an uncorrupted orc from yeah. Warcraft, and not even yeah. a good good one. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's he's just doesn't look great. It's like that's that CGI, CGI versus practical effects argument again, right? It's like you had your dark scene, right? You could have put a practical effect in there, right? You could have made it. You you don't need to make him twelve foot tall. Just make mm. him taller than Joe uh, Cole Young. Lord of the Rings did it, you know. Uh, I mean, I am talking about a multi-hundred billion dollar like film compared to this one, but yeah, and I did like though, like I think uh, th- that fight with with Kano and the reptile was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when it got towards the end, also the choreography started to fall off. For oh, me. Interesting. Yeah, like there were specifically, I-, I liked the references. I liked the jump up, jump up. Um, is a is a Nova movie like you know? I like the references to it, but there was some like, and it was specifically when either Sonya or Jax was involved. You know, I was like, uh, they doesn't seem like they put as much work in in terms of the martial arts as everybody else has. Even even right, like L- Lewis Tanner's Cole Young doesn't at some points. Like I don't mm-hmm. believe him. But as soon as Hiroyuki Sonata or Joe Taslim come on the screen, right, or Ludi Lin. I was like, yes, I'm in. Like, I just want to watch those three for the entire movie, like do martial arts because they're so it's so pretty to watch on the screen. Mm. Like it's an it is an art form. It's meant to be, you know. His body, by the way, Ludi Lin is uh, is ridiculous. Like the it's amount of crazy. vasculature like he had was insane. Mm-hmm. Like obviously completely built for look and not necessarily actual strength. But my God, it was ridiculous. Um, I was really happy to see Kung Lao in this film. I, I do like his character design. And yeah, he got to do the uh, amazing fatality move. And even better, as a stupid, stupid nerd, I was very happy. Yeah, okay, it would have been nice to see that character do more. But he says, flawless victory. And he actually got one this time, unlike the 95 film, <laughs> where when somebody it. said that, I was like, that wasn't a flawless victory. He got hit in the head. Or like <laughs> you know, ref, where's the ref? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, they actually did it right this time. Um, yeah, I agree with you on, on most of these points about characters. I loved Sonya's sort of little arc, especially the fact because the next time you see her, she's already sorted out her arcana. She was just ready for it. Like, she got the mark, boom, suddenly she's got her power. I actually quite like that touch. Rather than have to spend her spend time getting it, perhaps for pace reasons they did that, but it actually worked for her character that she was just ready to inherit that power. Because um, yeah, she, she's like always ready, right? Yeah, like that's she's like, like she's the driving she's always, force. She's, yeah, she's like the most forces. organized out of all of them. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying she's special forces. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> she's not just a crazy person who lives in a caravan. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other thing, the major thing that I agree with you is yeah, Kano, like. At the, at the beginning, when you first introduced her, and you're like, man, this guy's the shining star of the movie. And then about 30 minutes later, I'm like, shut up. Like, every scene <laughs> was just uh, like, yeah, okay. Or like, maybe he's just out-acting everyone or something. I don't know. Maybe this, he was just working the script better. 
But it was kind of like, I'd like to see other characters use this time to grow. Um, so that when this character is inevitably out of the picture, like he was going to be, that the rest of this sort of built-up team didn't feel incredibly just limp. Which they, surprise, kind of did uh, in contrast yeah. to the 95 film where all these characters are bouncing off of each other. They, this this group didn't quite have the same um, camaraderie feeling for me. Um, but overall, I thought the casting was pretty solid. Um, mostly pretty happy with all of that. Cole is, is a fine window to the world that I don't think we really needed because there are plenty of other characters that didn't know about the tournament that you could have used or whatever. But then again, there's probably too many characters in this film to give everybody the right amount of time. It was a, is a little bit too jam-packed. Um, Adam, what do you think of the characters and the casting? I, I would pretty much echo everyone else here. Most of them were fine for the most part. It's it's funny because none of them are overly, rem- you know, memorable. Scorpion, um, I love that that actor. Um, yeah. I wish yeah. I wish he had had more to do in this movie. Yeah, I wish it had been about him. Mm. Yeah. Um, Sub Zero was great. Uh, I mean, a lot of that was effect driven. The actor didn't have to do too much. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Cole Young was a, a bit of a miss for me. Mortal Kombat has such a selection of characters already right. that we, like you said, we could have had almost any one of them as our eyes to this sort of event. Mm-hmm. You know, he was obviously like the blank canvas human protagonist character that we're supposed to follow, but it just seems so flat when you know about all the other characters and he didn't really have much excuse me he didn't have much exactly i yawn because he just had nothing going on and even his like quote-unquote power his arcana was boring mm. yeah like some some armor he looked like great. crap aquaman to me yeah, <laughs> which says a lot. He did look like that. Yeah, it, it was it was disappointing for that. I I pretty much enjoyed most of the other characters. Cabal was really cool. I like what they did with him. You know, I like the the attention to detail, as it were, for those guys. Mm. But I mean, overall, it was it was fine. It was less memorable to me like i remember less about this than watching the the 95 version which i would say is is a worse film than this one but it's more memorable for it Mm. steve what do you think of the characters uh yeah i think i've already nutshelled it haven't i I, like ryan's boring luke kang's barely in it i forgot (laughs) I i forget yeah if a character is iconic, they either get no screen time, no development, or the Kano, and they stay around so long that they annoy everybody. Mm. It's it's weird. Like, and, and the best part of the film is literally the two ninjas kicking the crap out of each other. And even then, we've still got Plot Armor Boy and his tonfers. <laughs> I, I, it's weird, though, because I can feel. like You know, you can just see a production, you can tell their heart is in the right place. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing that gets me. Yeah, you know, um, although you know Shang Tsung and Raiden might as well not been in this film, uh, and they're pivotal mm. parts of it as well. Mm. I, uh, <sighs> I was expecting a fight with mm. Shang Tsung. Like no, I was the closest we get is 
someone not finishing a sentence while being electrocuted. Right. Uh, and if you're going to tease an, a new movie, like, don't tease it with arguably one of the most boring characters in the whole franchise. Ooh, controversial. Uh, I'll say it. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. Adam, I'm with you. Good. Which one? Shang Tsung or Raiden? No, no at the end. Johnny Cage. No, Johnny Cage. Just oh, like, right. We better go to LA. Like, you don't even need to show a picture of Johnny Cage after that. <laughs> I, Everyone I, knows you're talking about Johnny right, Cage. Right, that was a bit too much, wasn't it? But tinfoil yeah. hat, I almost feel like when people found out there wasn't going to be a Johnny Cage in this film that they slapped that on at the end. If they were going to really tease it, they should, have, they should have gone with, you know, modern day Sub-Zero, not by Han being like a badass. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're like, oh, the, the, there's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey, what do you think of the characters? Yeah, I, I wouldn't repeat whatever, but I think we're pretty much all on the same page. Mm. Pretty much, I'll just say a couple of things. Now, Cole, I I actually don't think I minded him as much as everybody else. It just wasn't until, as I said, the end when. They had this whole build-up of movie. Well, first, when he started to get his power, I was like, he got the armor, and I was like, oh, okay, that's the first stage of his power. Yes, right. And then, yeah. no, that was just it. Um, so that annoyed me. And then it was that final section where he didn't really get his, he didn't get the big payoff. He just he was just sort of watching at the side and did like, he did a little bit of an assist at the very end, but yeah, Scorpion stepped in. Um, but as a character, like, it, I think, it's obvious what the purpose of him was. He was this blank canvas. He was supposed to be the audience's kind of gateway into the film. And I, I like, to be honest, I liked the MMA stuff just because I like MMA anyway. It sort of grounded it a little bit, mm. and you know, it's 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 very sort of of the moment. But I, I liked that. Um, but as I said, I, I kind of flipped towards the end. I was like, okay, what was the point of him if he didn't even get the the kind of payoff? Um, Kano as well. I agree. He, he arrives and you're like this guy's hilarious he's great and then he he has just kind of yeah he's he's worn he i was worn out with him mm. 15 minutes later or whatever um kung lao is going to be a fan favorite from this film wish he'd had more time melina got shafted completely just like sub-zero and but, but again we don't have the sort of argument that okay well maybe uh melina wasn't uh, as popular outside of the films in this, you know, in the games like Sub Zero and Scorpion in the first movie, because she is, I think, she, you know, she. This is why she was in the trailer a lot and why she yeah. had her own poster, and then she doesn't do much in the film. She's cool in the film, like the stuff that she does, but I was expecting a lot more. Um, I would have liked her to to live, I suppose, to be in what is going to be potentially a sequel. Um, yeah, then Sub Zero and Scorpion, those, uh, you know, the 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 original, the originals, if you like, they were my favourites. And like Adam said, I could have watched a whole movie with them easily. I could have watched a whole movie with them. This could have been the first film, as I said, and then we led into sort of the future and more modern day in subsequent mm. films. Um, both actors were tremendous. I thought um, the I know a lot of the other actors didn't. Do, like in the original film, a lot of the actors did their own fighting uh, for, you know, for sort of better or worse. Um, but in this film, a lot of them didn't. Um, oh, and right. for, uh, for um, uh, people like Sonya Blade and um, uh, 
sorry, I don't know the actor's name. Um, Jess, it was Jessica something. Uh, but yeah, I know that she Jessica, had sort of, like the me. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, I read that she she didn't do any of the the fighting choreography at all when she was positioned she was cast purely for sort of her acting skill and the acting is generally good across the board um yeah just as it's an ensemble film and a lot of characters do suffer because of that because Mm. it's it's an hour and 30 minutes long just um so some characters you don't find out enough about them um at least i would have liked to uh they could have just trimmed out maybe four characters and then brought more in for the sequel, I think, and we could right. have then spent more time with people. Um, I mean, no, yeah. there's no reason to believe that if this film does get a sequel, as it clearly wants to, um, that these characters won't come back because it did almost kind of imply that death is not the end and, and all, yes. this, all these dead characters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, their bodies were sort of absorbed and picked up, weren't they? Mm, so, um, you oh, and just yeah, and just quickly again, I've got to say it on Goro. Like it was just terrible. Like uh, not terrible. Terrible is the wrong word. That's really harsh. Uh, like this this movie doesn't have as big a budget as like a Marvel movie. If we're comparing it, like we did when we compared to Jurassic Park. Like if you think of Hulk in the Avengers films, right. the CG's the CG's great. It looks like he's there, um, but yeah, Goro just looked like a video game character in mm. this film, which is a, such a shame because the shot in the trailer looked awesome. And I was like, wow, he's going to look great. And then, yeah, he looked very, very CG and it took me out of it. His death was cool, but uh, spoiler mm. alert, um, but death is not the end apparently. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so characters, uh, it was it was a bit overcrowded for me. Yeah. I would have liked to see more from lots of the characters in there. Uh, Steve made actually a really good point when he said you either get a certain treatment, it's the, the Kano treatment or the the, the sideline. I, I don't remember what you said, Steve, but I know it was a very good point. <laughs> that summed it up really you're, well. You're either the main character or on the sidelines, unless you're Kano. Yeah, that, that's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is funny what you were saying about sort of like... Sub-Zero and Scorpion as well is like they're a big pull and they're front and centre right at the beginning and the most exciting part about the end um, but yeah in the middle it's kind of yeah it's a bit overcrowded all of that between those two ending points of those two fights it's kind of like yeah but I want to see the ninja guys again I loved mm-hmm. just sort of like to bring us into visuals um, sort of the early parts of the film when Cole is like oh, okay I'm going to go for ice cream and then Sub-Zero apparates and starts throwing ice around all that's so pretty cool. cool i actually kind of like sub-zero the serial killer like there's a just that shot where they're in their like caravan or house or whatever it is little place they live where um cole's partner i guess it is walks in a room and then walks back out <laughs> past the door and sub-zero standing in the door <laughs> so, uh, it suddenly made me think man sub-zero for dead by daylight please let's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it really yeah, did. There were really cool parts as well. Like there was that one part when he's like in the alleyway and he's got like the frozen mist and then he like yeah went through the door into it. Yeah, it looked so cool. That 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 whole part was really cool. That kind of made me think, oh, this is gonna be really good. And I mean, yeah, cart before the horse. I again, I'm critiquing this film a lot. We all are. I did enjoy it. Um, yeah, I yeah. did too. I, I know Me we're too. kind of like being critical of it, but it was still an enjoyable movie. Yeah. So visuals. Um, so for one thing, the fight scenes in this 
very slick, good fun to watch overall. I didn't have too much of a problem with any of them. Uh, big improvement over the original. And as we said, this film does feel more like Mortal Kombat to me based on one important factor, which is gore and lots of it. Some of it ridiculous in that hilarious way. And the fatalities, you know, talking about this sort of being a labour of love and made by someone who does understand the franchise, a lot of those fatalities do look like they come straight out of the most recent few video games. So I really appreciate that attention to detail. Um, most people touched on the CGI. I will just drop mine and I, yeah, they, they look okay, but not much more than that. They're not going to look good five, ten years from now. That's the problem. Um but the high point for me was the costume design in general, other than bad Aquaman. I think the ninjas looked especially good. The costumes were overall solid. Um, Kung Lao is another good one as well. Raiden's costume looked good. Not that I have too much to say about the character, but he looked fine. Shang Tsung looked good as well. So visually, for me, I was pretty happy with it. Um, Adam, what did you think of the visual design? Yeah, I would echo that. It's, it was good visually. Um, like we were just saying about like Sub-Zero's effects and stuff was really cool. The cinematography was really nice in the, in like the opening scene as well. Um, yes, definitely. I, I was expecting to have a very cinematic movie after that, um, and it kind of didn't reach the, the places I wanted it to go. But it didn't look bad, and I was I was eternally grateful for them not doing the kind of fight filming where it's like a million jump cuts and you just don't know what's happening right 100%. It, it was it was definitely followable mm -hmm. um but yeah, yeah it was if Anderson it was what i would film, expect then... <laughs> from a film that that's i think that's my biggest issue with it it's and and it's like just to say it's what i expected mm. pretty much that's fair <laughs> um Kelsey, what do you think of the visual design? Uh, so this is a sort of weird one because for the most part, it's pretty stellar. Like the, visually, it's really good. There is that contrast, as we've said, between that opening scene and the rest of the film, which is just so completely different. But, you know, whatever. But generally, the sort of look and particularly the effects, because the visual effects are a huge part of this film. And they clearly spent a lot of time... Um, particularly trying to make Sub-Zero feel tangible, you know, so you feel, you do feel, or at least I did, I felt cold anytime the sort of ice started to appear on the screen. Mm -hmm. It looks very, very real, uh, really incredible stuff. Um, they use VFX a lot to enhance, um, like outside of the fatalities, like the general blood in the fights and stuff, you can tell some of that blood CG, but it, it, it looks really good. Yeah. So the fights are enhanced very well by the CG. Um, but then there is like two or three moments in the film where, to be honest, I thought there was actually some really shoddy like effects. And one is uh, Raiden's like force field thing, um, which, yeah, I don't really know what was going on there. I, I hate to mention, well, actually I don't hate to, I'd love to mention it, but I'll mention Power Rangers again. It was just like <laughs> this weird, thin, I don't know. I just didn't like that. The effect looked cheap and the way that was, the way that that was kind of implemented, implemented, I didn't like. Um, Goro, I've talked about. Um, it wasn't quite like Mummy Returns level, but it was just bad, <laughs> bad CG. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there was also like a really weird shot, like when when Raiden did the force field, there was like a cut to his staff, 
and there was like this weird CG shot of the top of his staff. It's almost like it was, it, it looked like a shot that was left in accidentally. It was so blink and you'll miss it. Yeah, I, but, I thought I was going crazy. Yeah, and I noticed I, that. that looked really bad. And I don't know what that was about, but um, anyway. Uh, but outside of those things, you know, it looks good. The, the I think all of the fatalities in terms of how they look, look really good. As good as Kung Lao's one is, it also looked the most video gamey. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I did love it. Like again, we keep saying we're being really critical, and I am. But I, I loved all of that, and uh, I was very, I was sort of grinning with glee and sort of like you know tr- turning away a little bit, um, just with sort of how crazy and violent it was. And they, they hung on the violence as well. Like mm-hmm. you know, the first re. That first fight is very real, but then when Jax gets his arms ripped off, like that is, I was sort of like terrified for him and the way the ice is going up the arms and then the arms come off and they just hold on him with no arms Mm. and then he falls off and bounces off the piece of concrete and they're like, we are showing you violence in this film, so strap in. And there's lots of that in there. Um, Some of them kind of work better than others, but... um, yeah, I, I preferred the the cinematic look of the opening scene to the rest of the film, which is not not standard. It is very high quality, and the cinematography mm. was cool, the, and the the fight choreography was great. Like Adam said, they they don't just do loads of cuts to hide it. Um, a lot of the martial artists obviously worked very hard to make it legit. It feels like you know they they definitely paid a lot of uh, they put a lot of effort into that side of things. Um, I watched the film on my laptop um which i don't usually do uh so i don't know how it's gonna all look in like 4k on a big screen Mm. Uh, i imagine some of it is not going to look anywhere near as good if i'm honest um the small screen probably you know particularly that kung lao fatality uh i'm not sure how that's going to look on a big screen yeah Um, that's fair some of so some of it was a bit cartoony, but again, I let it slide because it's mortal combat and it, it is cartoony the fatalities are insane and yeah uh, despite criticisms i i enjoyed it i enjoyed all of it really high caliber stuff and actually this film uh, was only made for 55 million it's only 55 million but that's a small that's <laughs> right. a small budget these days yeah. and they did really well to make it look as good as it did um it looked it's hangs with 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 the big movies i would say uh very well yeah yeah well said definitely steve do you agree what was your thoughts on the visual design yeah, if it's uh, the special effects that aren't related to CGI characters and that aren't what they're standing, it wasn't too bad. I'm uh, uh, not the biggest fan of the uh, the vac ban shield that Raiden basically goes, "No, you're not cheating." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but you know, Liu Kang's fire I thought was really good, and Sub Zero. You know, I'm pretty sure if if no, there is any takeaway, probably the most convincing I've seen a person generate ice and throw another human being through it. Yeah, 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 and that the I've never had quite as much menace from snow before. <laughs> the opening bit where it's a shame it cuts away from it too fast, where the snow just starts lilting and then he's stalking them. You know, we could have done a full Terminator Two chase sequence, complete with an aqueduct, if we'd have gone that far, and I would have just <laughs> reveled in it. You know, uh, but that's you know by the by. The, if uh, like KDB said though, with Jax's arms and things, showing that kind of level of uh, gratuitous violence, and even. In CGI Monsters Defense, the reptile fight is nowhere near as obnoxious as Goro, mainly because mm. reptile is cloaking in and out the entire time. Mm. 
but yeah, I think the reason why those fatalities look so video gamey is because they are directly homaging said fatalities, though. Yeah. Like, well, uh, that purpose of the film, isn't it, really? Like, uh, that's the, the main defense I have for its visual designs and things. I think definitely nails the look. Uh, like, Scorpion doesn't look like the the old school scorpion from like mk123 anymore he actually does look like he generally is represented in the games now exactly and one of my favorite nods about the way they have actually done the look and stuff during the big showdown with sub-zero because spoilers he's the big bad of the film pretty much he's the scariest fight they have they even go so far as to hint at his uh his future transition into noob cybot where he basically casts off his armor which is all mostly blue and padded and he's only got like the black arm underneath Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is kind of cool. Plus, the uh, convincing uh, appearances of a man who has had the absolute <laughs> kicked out of him. I'm sorry, sorry, I keep swearing, but I have to enunciate that. He literally does get pounded and pulverized at the end mm. to the point where even I feel bad for the villain. Um, Poor so Sub-Zero. Yeah, no, he only murdered an entire village. Like, what a guy. <laughs> uh, but on, you know, on the flip side, Goro offends me. And, and the, the, <laughs> the, the cutaway shots to Outworld, where you have, I think it's like the one scene uh, we see Cabal show up and talk to Shang Tsung before he then goes, hey, Kano, want to switch sides for a book? And he goes, yeah, sure, mate. Um, you know, it's very cutaway. It feels very like, oh, we need to add some more scenes to fill this out. Mm. And it's just a CGI wasteland. Like, of course, it's... And while, that world in the games is not a CGI wasteland. I mean, it's, it's video games, but it's CGI. But it's not just a blank purple wasteland abyss. There is a bit more going on. I wish it could have made it a bit more interesting. Uh, so that, that's kind of meh. And the fact that most of the film takes place in Rocky Sand Temple, I suppose, isn't yeah, great either. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's more setting, isn't it? Um, not so much. Well, the- I mean, that's part of visual, I'd say. Yeah, you're right. Like I said, I ain't a film critic. I'm just a yob with a silly haircut who turns up and talks <laughs> on the mic. I agree, though. The, the set got a little bit old by the end of that. It would be nice to see a bit more. And then in the final sort of act of fights, they throw you around a bunch of different places. I couldn't really keep track of where was, we were or what we were, what was going on, to be honest. But That felt very video gamey. I mean, that's the point, right? But, right. okay, Ryan, can we have like a knockoff tournament? I'll take this person and then uh, yeah. you can have this person... <laughs> Uh, we need to pad out the film with some, like, you know, set piece fights. Is that okay, Thunder God? Uh, yeah, sure. I've got the bus in five, though. Can we make it quick? <laughs> here we are standing in front of a white curtain before we go. To yeah, the <laughs> Matrix yeah, with the guns up here. Yeah, that's what I was waiting on. Uh, James, what do you think of the visual design of the film? Uh, it, it looked the film looked good. Um, I loved I loved the use of the practical effects and the CGI, but there was a like. Specifically, we've spoken about it a lot, but that scene with uh, Sub-Zero where he pops out and uh, plans on destroying Cole, um, his, his family maybe. But yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a combination of CGI and practical effects. And like, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Like when you see all that snow kind of gathering and then he just slams it down, and you can see that's all real snow and ice and you know, that's just been thrown at the ground. Right, and it was super cool to see that. Um, I mean, if it wasn't, then even more impressed, you know, because it looked real. Yeah, it completely. really did look good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and like just the cool moments that, like, we haven't none of us have spoken yet, but I, it was a big, it was a big point in the trailer where uh, Sub Zero draws blood out 
from Scorpion, turns it yeah. into a blood knife, and then stabs him with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah, and like, there's also the bit with Jax and him just, you know, touching the the shotgun, and then just um, my cat is really snoring, um, and just uh, freezing it as it shoots. It's like that's that's why I'm watching this. Those moments mm-hmm. like are so awesome, and when captured right, yeah, as you guys have said, like they have really put work into those moments, those special moments. Um, cause as soon as that happened, I was like, oh man, Jax is not going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Jax is, yeah. And like KDB touched on kind of his, I want to talk about this a little bit, like where he gets his arms kind of frozen. It's not, and it's even, even more brutal because you can like his arms are being frozen, but at the same time, his, you can see the blood seeping through the ice, mm. like, and his arms just becoming ice you know and just becoming these fleshy ice lumps like and it's just and then he explodes them and it's like and the look on jack's face at that point yeah his look right yeah yeah it was haunting right and i was like man this is how you do it right mm-hmm. we look back at 995 right we see sub-zero and scorpion right who were just thrown to the wayside this movie is how you treat sub-zero and scorpion with respect right because yeah. they were they were given the respect they were they would do I agree that the ending was a bit weak, like with like because we were you know we're following this you know milk toast cookie cutter, um, you know fighter in coal right, and then Scorpion kind of finishes off. But at the same time, it was a really cool moment, and we got to see his finisher move, um, his from hell move, I guess, and it was awesome CGI on that point as well. Yeah. Um, locations uh, look fantastic. Um, I also agree that it would have been nice not to be in that st- that temple. I had no idea what the layout of that temple was. <laughs> like, I had no idea. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like KDB, you're mentioning the force field earlier on that Raiden put down. What was that actually surrounding? Around. <laughs> I don't know. Like, because, <laughs> like, because I had you know normally like when that kind of stuff happens in movies or video games, you get like a big zoom out pan of view yeah you get to see yeah. like what it's actually doing and you get the layout of what's it's protecting stuff but i had no idea i was like <laughs> okay he's just he put a no-no shield up and, <laughs> like somewhere and yeah um yeah and i think we mentioned it but like shang Tsung and like could have just been out of the movie it could have been just they could have just brought the the warriors in and then the end of the movie could have been very similar to 995 will be Shang Soon of him going, I'm coming, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, I'm not really right. <laughs> but yeah, but we didn't get that. We got, mm. you know, him oh, such a bad, that line at the end. So bad. I don't care about Johnny Cage. I don't care about Johnny Cage at all. No. Fans <laughs> do though. Fans do. Um, yeah, but you know, it looked fantastic. Like I did love, but that, yeah, we've spoken about Goro looked bad, and they should have just gone with practical effects. Because um, I did not, be- I was not in that moment at all. You know, that was meant to be the big turnaround hook, right? That was meant to be where you look at it and you go, "Oh, now he's." I mean, we knew it was going to happen anyway, but now he's finally realized his, you know, goals and destiny, and he's fighting a large, twelve foot tall slab of meat. <laughs> like made of CGI, 
mm-hmm. you know, and it just, yeah, it just did. I couldn't get into it. That's why, like, I just can't get into like kind of main CGI movies unless it's really well done or it's a monster movie, you know, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, it's just, yeah, I know it's Godzilla. Yeah, I know that's King Kong, you know, and I know it's not real, but I just want to see monsters fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I in- just, sorry, James, go on. But in this one, like, I want to see people fighting. Yeah. Like, I, actual people fighting, martial artists fighting, because the most entertaining part of this film was seeing these people fighting and, and using their spells or their arcana or whatever it is they called mm. it in this film. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see that. But what what I did see was very pretty, but, you know, they could have done they could have done better with, 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 with some small parts of the movie. That, that were important as well, actually. Like, that was a small part, but it was very important to the movie. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the final point, as for the last one, is audio. And I feel like we're probably generally going to have less to say about this one. Um, generally, the soundtrack is sort of fair to middling. No major consequence. My my advice would be watch the film loud, if you can. It's a big, dumb action flick. So it's, uh, it sounds good and big and boomy and... You know, sound balance is good. Soundtrack works where it is, but it's nothing memorable. They do tease the theme at several points in the score. They don't kick it in until the end, which I thought was kind of clever. You already know, all right, okay, we're going to get it at the end. Clever or infuriating. (laughs) (laughs) Because every time I was like, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) I know, they're going to make you wait for it until Scorpion. And the moment itself was very cool. But Adam, not a fan of that that idea? I get it. I just want to hear it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, get, I, I know. Like, I know the theme. We all know it. We've been hearing it for long. I don't need to wait for it. Mm. What do you like, think of the, the the sound in general? I like it. It's again <laughs> my biggest complaint about the whole film and everything about it is that it's just pretty much serviceable and what I expected, mm. which isn't a bad thing. It's just it didn't do anything that wowed me, and the the, the soundtrack was similar. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the effects were probably my favorite thing about the movie, you know, like in terms of visuals. That's that's pretty much where I enjoyed it the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I feel like weird that I don't really have a lot to say about this movie as it's brand new and I just watched it and just mm-hmm. kind of very generic for me. But, again, not, not a bad thing. Enjoyable movie, just nothing special. Uh, KDB, thoughts on the audio? Uh, I think, yeah, the the best... In terms of the sort of general sound design, great, it's fine, no complaints, really top-notch work. Uh, the music is best when it's referencing the original film. And I don't mm. just mean the theme. Like, there are a couple of very uh, just sort of generally 90s rave-style electronic music sort of sequences in there. It it doesn't... I don't think there was any heavy metal in this one. No, not I, that I so. can remember. No, it was either sort of the classic action orchestral style or 90s-style rave music, and I liked the electronic music. I loved the theme teases. It was very like, oh, here it is, here it is, like Adam <laughs> says, but then it doesn't do it. And then it sort of really lays it on thick when uh, uh, Liu Kang is doing his kicks through the air and, mm, and all yes. that kind of stuff. And then... but. What's funny is even the 
credits sequence where it has the updated version of the theme, it still holds off the the Mortal Kombat shout until about one minute. I was watching, I was like, come on, do the shout, do the shout. <laughs> and then it finally does it. And then it breaks into like a new updated remix, which I actually really enjoyed that, that new take on the theme I'm fully into. Um, so yeah, like sound design, great music, soundtrack, not as good as the first one. Um, that's definitely a place where the first one outshines yeah. uh, this new rebooted version, I think. Uh, Steve, thoughts on the audio design? I, 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 it feels very, I don't know how to put this other than it feels very marvelly. Like, yeah, it's more of a score yeah. than an actual, like, you know, here's a set of tracks to, like, beat people up to. Mm. Again, much like everyone else, not keen on the whole, let's tease the theme, but not unleash the theme. You know, especially for some good fights. Um, but I think we were all a little bit more fist bumpy at the moment when, you know, bam, 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 get over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just, it's just not the same without it kicking in. And the, the techno music and the metal music of the first iteration definitely uh, hit harder for me. Otherwise yeah. it does feel just a bit too, like I wouldn't go out of my way and pursue this as an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the hit sounds of stuff, the special effects stuff, all very reasonable. Like, you know, I can believe that's what they sound like, even if they aren't. Like, you know, a kunai being thrown through a head or a chest, I'm pretty sure it makes that kind of sound mentally right. Mm-hmm. Um, Foley is on par with the first film, if not a bit better. You know, less cheesy sound effects, but I suppose that's the nature of it. Uh, ice. Uh, I've never heard ice crunch and crackle quite like that in a way that actually makes me feel uncomfortable, so that's good. Mm. Still kind of salty about Goro. Uh, there's not. It feels like that thing should be a lot more impactful in terms of how it sounds as well, which sounds weird because giant mother Hubbard like him. Mm. Uh, you know, I would have thought it'd be a bit more base and presence to him. Steve, sorry to jump in, but so the first film when I was watching it this week. Um, Goro is actually voiced by two different people. He has he a speaking actor and then he has a grunting actor. And you pro- you might know who the grunting actor is, but I was watching it and I was like, those grunts sound exactly like Bigfoot from a Goofy movie. And then I, goof- <laughs> I Googled it and it is uh, Frank Welker who yes. does all those Disney voices and transform uh, does the Decepticons in Transformers. And he does the grunts for the 95 Goro, and they are so, so good. And the the, sp- the speaking actor is good as well, but I just, I forgot to mention that in the first part. I thought, uh, I wondered if Steve mm. had... Oh, yeah, uh, he's actually voiced by two Transformers alums now. Uh, Kevin and Michael yeah. Richardson is the uh, voice of Bulkhead and a few other characters. And obviously, Frank Welker is Megatron, Soundwave, a few yeah. others. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think Welker is like voice god, though. He's done oh, voices. Oh, absolutely. For, like, yeah. If you love something, if you love something, he's done a voice for it, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, like all across Disney and then just general animation and things like that. But yeah, the grunts were... Uh, I th- at first I thought it was that they just lifted it from a Goofy movie, but um, <laughs> I've seen that film a lot. Like, people know it's probably my favourite Disney movie. And That's great. Yeah. Because KDB has fantastic taste, and especially in Disney films, I do not have a bias and at all think it's also the best Disney film. That's there you right. go, folks. There's a reference you didn't expect on a Mortal Kombat podcast. <laughs> we see eye to eye, okay? <laughs> uh, Did Goro speak in this new one? No, a... no, he doesn't speak. No, he didn't, yeah. No, he just smash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James, what do you think of the audio to round us out? Uh, audio, uh, in terms of the, the sound design great 
like yeah steve said like the the, the ice really makes you feel uncomfortable mm. um i've never <laughs> i've never felt uncomfortable about ice before you know it's like but yeah just um how sadistic sub-zero was with it really made me afraid of it like mm. in that in those moments where you would see sub-zero in his quote lair you know it felt horror movie horror movie like mm. you know i felt uh, literal like pun, pun intended chills down my spine right but it was it was super cool like and that was mainly because well i mean a lot of it was because of the sound uh, that was used um there was yeah this is a score film it isn't a soundtrack film right. like but there was a particular moment where i was like oh this is so cool this is great sound this is great music and it was it was that moment again with the the snow him generating the snow and then forcing down the the ice um, there was a particular like uh, hook there that really like brought me into that moment, and I was really you know because music can really ramp up the tension, and they did it really re- really well there. But like mm. Steve said earlier on, I will likely put some of this Mortal Kombat 2021 uh, music on my non DMCA friendly playlist for my D and D games mm. <laughs> because especially that moment because it was so tension building. And also the music that was in his lair. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't use it to just like to regularly listen to. No, sure. it's Yeah, because it's meant it's meant for this film, mm-hmm. and they did they did well with with it. But yeah, they they were clearly going for that superhero kind of uh, aesthetic uh, mm-hmm. rather than uh, rather than what the original film was, which was go a little bit bonkers with it and yeah, be like just give us good music. Not to say that it, it, the score isn't good music, but it's a score based on the moments in the film. Right, 100%. That's, they both yeah. achieve their own goals, I would say, which are completely yeah. different things. Uh, right, let's round it out then with the final opinion on Mortal Kombat 2021. How does it compare to the original film and, and, and such like? What's your final verdict? Uh, let's start with Steve. Oh, the Rumbler. Let's get him out of the way first, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, um, I'm just curious because so, you seem quite down on it. I, I, I'm actually, I'm fairly like as someone who went went into this with no expectations. Okay, I, I haven't watched any of the trailers. I, I'm a reasonable Mortal Kombat fan. Like I've been keeping up with the lore and the reboot and stuff, but I'm not like, oh, they did this character wrong, and therefore I'm going to write it off entirely. Yeah. If you can enjoy a uh, a bad Marvel film, you'll be fine here. Like, I, I would say this is Marvel's combat, and I don't mean that in any disrespect. It's got that kind of level of humor, just a little bit more violence. Uh, the things that get me are things that kind of bother me about its narrative that I tend to know about in the lore, but again, I can still pass on and write off. Hmm. There is just the small caveat that I have no idea why Sub-Zero was such an absolute swine. He just was. And Cole literally does feel like we need an author insert character here. Like it feels fan fiction as all hell. Yeah. Uh, CGI bashing aside, the fights are cool. Um, Scorpion and the Sub-Zero fight is a standout both times at the opening and the end. I would say if you, if you give me the choice between this and the original, I would still prefer the original, but I am heavily, heavily entrenched in my nostalgia. And I will fully admit that this is probably a film built with a with the audience in mind, with the heart in the right place. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right, especially with that last point. Um, I think that this isn't going to set the world on fire, 
I don't think it's going to be punching up to the heights of, as I mentioned earlier, Sonic the Hedgehog or Detective Pikachu. Even if it was um, released at a different time when we weren't under um, various confusing restrictions about things that are, you know, affecting how much money a film takes in. But it's my assumption that the good majority of the Mortal Kombat fan base will really enjoy this and will be patiently, (laughs) impatiently, are probably waiting for the sequel now, already talking about what that could be. And I would happily watch a sequel if they... Uh, There's already a sequel right. you can watch. No, I don't <laughs> want to watch that one. Uh, I think this film might be better than the original. I think its pacing's better. It's got more meat to it. Admittedly, it's half an hour longer. And Despite the fact that there is no <laughs> Mortal Kombat tournament, because it has better fights and more and the gore and stuff like that, I think it's just a better demonstration of what Mortal Kombat is and should be. And especially, as Steve pointed out, uh, what it is right now as well, um, in terms of sort of like the way they portray the the characters and the way they're costumed and such. Big dumb fun, which is exactly what it should be. If your Metacritic scores of 50 out of 100 and stuff is the true average, can agree with that. I mean, that's not how film you know critics and film reviewers go this day everyone wants a seven out of ten to be an average this is a this is a yeah average to good good fun action movie uh visually stunning plots a little bit yeah but not that important all things considered um james what are your final thoughts on the 2021 mortal Kombat? if i was going to give this film a rating on imdb i would give it a 6.6 out of 10 it's very specific <laughs> and very evil. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I did really enjoy watching the movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'll watch it again. Um, I think it would be again. It'll be even more fun to watch with friends because mm-hmm. um, you just like you do the Leonardo DiCaprio point meme. You know, oh, that's the guy. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, I really I didn't talk about it much during this, but you know, stop beating. You know the dead horse. You know, bring in Shao Kahn, please. Like we keep yeah. hearing about him, yeah. right? And then we never see him in a film. Um, Watch more Combat Annihilation. Nope. <laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, no, I, I definitely will because I definitely like torture. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, bring 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 him in. You know, I mean, he mm. wasn't even mentioned in this film. Um, you know, but I mean, you know. Shang Tsung is not the end all, right? He's not mm. the the big the big boss uh, Shao Kahn is. So bring him in. But yeah, I like the movie. I'll keep watching it. I it was really entertained by it. If you want an entertaining fight movie with a lot of gore, like, watch this movie because mm. it is really really fun. And but don't watch it with your kids. Probably maybe not because you know there's a lot of blood and you know somebody arms get exploded and someone gets split in half. So you know somebody gets killed with a garden gnome. Somebody gets killed. God, no. Yeah. (laughs) Adam, what are your final thoughts on this film? I think this movie is... If you took the 95 Mortal Kombat and, like, brought it up to date to 2021, this is what you'd end up with. Mm. It's very funny that way, which maybe sounds weird. Maybe you understand what I'm trying to say, but... Yes. um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah no i it's, know what you mean right it's it's it was enjoyable it's what i expected from it it 
it pretty much showed me what it had from the the kind of trailers i feel like but mm. then it's it's kind of an actiony film and it's not a giant budgeted film and stuff so it was enjoyable to watch and i will probably end up watching it again at some point i don't know when exactly but i i would be willing to to sit through it another time so it can't be that bad mm. um all of your complaints are null and void because you haven't watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I would say that. If you want Shao Kahn, get your ass over to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> you can see you can see Vin Diesel light as Shao Kahn. <laughs> um, oh boy. <laughs> if you want to see a hip Raiden with short bleach blonde hair, go to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. You'll see the funnest hippest Raiden there is. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kelsey, your final thoughts on Mortal Kombat 2021? So, obviously, as we keep saying, we've been very critical. Uh, so now, with with that all that context of my criticisms out of the way, put to the side, accepting this film for what it is, and actually I think Adam made a really good point, it is an updated version of the 95 one with modern production value standards and all this kind of stuff. That's what it is. Um so all and all the criticisms aside, I definitely pref- I pref- certainly prefer this to the original. Um, this to me feels like this is what a Mortal Kombat film should be. It's got you just need to have the violence and fatalities, and as sort of shallow as that is to say, I think you need that. And this film has it sort of in mm-hmm. droves. Um, so you have to give it credit for that. Um, I honestly, I know you mentioned Detective Pikachu, but this is probably the best video game movie ever made and silent hill is up there for me uh detective pikachu is up there uh but i just think in terms of fun and what i what i got out of this movie this is the most enjoyable one i can see myself watching this definitely more than one more time i'm certainly going to watch it again uh with my wife and yeah, I would really like to see a sequel. The bait and switch at the start did annoy me. I was thought, wow, this is going to be a cinematic sort of very classy but violent Mortal Kombat film. And it was not that. The opening was that. The rest of it wasn't. Mm. Um, yeah, criticisms aside, great. Really loved it. Like, had so much fun. I laughed a lot. Uh, I smiled a lot. I got the references. So much fan service. Um you know, but it's probably not going to win any awards. It's not, but I don't think it's supposed to. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. No, that's good. That's, I mean, that's quite a bold statement, but it's, yeah, glad to hear it. And who knows if they do a sequel to this, maybe we'll do a round two and we'll watch both of the sequel films. Uh, who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors and our Patreons once again. Support the show for as little as $1 a month to help us create more bonus content like this one over at patreon.com forward slash Pod. You can also join the Discord server to get in touch with members of the team and our community, discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans, and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded. You can find a link to the server, as well as our Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube, and more at fasebraypod.com. In our next bonus episode, we look to Nintendo for something to perhaps alleviate all this darkness and gloom and instead find ourselves in the shadow of a particularly scary moon when we cover The Legend of Zelda 
Majora's Mask. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you enjoy the show, please do leave us a review where you can. It helps spread the word. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of us individually. I'm at Soniac underscore one, two, three. Steve is at FB Steve was taken. Adam is at Advicus01, James is at Moist Owler OFF, and Kelsey is at K underscore D underscore B underscore. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. Uh, he's forgot to set his clocks forward oh, three weeks that... ago. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it was three weeks ago. <laughs> okay. You know, James, most of the time he's living on Canadian time, so... He's having some kind of weird Mortal Kombat fever dream right now. <laughs> it's entirely possible, because I was watching him stream yesterday and he said, yeah, I might watch it for a second time before I go to sleep. So, oh, nice. yeah, probably. Maybe he's having a dream. He's going to... He's the descendant of insert of my character. Oh, <laughs> oh we've got some issues to do with that. <laughs> <laughs>